You're listening to Review and Preview on Facebook Live at LIU Studios. Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Fonz DeFalco here in the studio. Hello, hello, everybody. We are live on Facebook Live. No more LIU Wave. Quick reminder, you can listen to our podcast on anchor.fm slash review and preview. Now that we are Facebook Live exclusive, we are live strictly on Facebook. And a quick announcement, next week we are launching our Facebook page. So review and preview will be on our own brand Facebook page for the very first time. We'll yeah. still share some watch parties. On oh, our yeah, well, we got it. I mean, we, uh, we're expanding the brand. It's a new era here for review and preview. I'm glad to be a part of it, and uh, it's going to be a good time. going to be yeah. a good show tonight also. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Review and Preview. Uh, remember, our new call-in number is 516-299-29. Uh, excuse me. 516-299-2790. Take part in our live show. All right, Fonz. So, yes. you are wearing a rally cap I think tonight. they can see it. The Facebook Live can see it. We're good, though. I like yeah. it. It is for your Week 11 NFL Quick Picks Punishment. Yeah, I lost a lot of weeks. So, it's, it's a lot of making up to do post-football uh, or post-NFL football. We'll get to what's going on with more football later. But, yeah. Uh, James and the rest of the guys, well, James suggested at first that I would do the rally cap style, and people don't know. Rally cap, you wear your hat basically inside out. That's Correct. pretty much it. So that's what I'm doing right now. It's an old hat, old Volkswagen hat, so I figured why not. Folks, we apologize for the delay tonight. We got started three minutes late. There was a technical issue here in the studio. We're all good, though. Let's move forward. We are going to review the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54, where the Kansas City Chiefs win their second Super Bowl in franchise history and for the first time in 50 years, dating back to 1970, defeating the San Francisco 49ers 31-20. to Again, that is their first Super Bowl title in the last 50 years. Fonz, what a game this was. But before we get that, let's just run down the rest of the script. Yep. We're going to talk about this for a while. Mm-hmm. We're going to have Paul Lombardi. He's going to call in tonight. He's a diehard Chiefs fan. We're going to have him talk at Kansas City Chiefs. Then after the Super Bowl, we are going to preview the NFL offseason briefly and talk about some of the NFL awards. I know you're wearing your Pro Bowl Lamar Jackson jersey. Yeah, late late birthday you got gift. Your birthday. Oh yeah, late birthday gift. Uh, shout out mom for that one. So anyway, happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. The big two five. Halfway there. Uh, yeah, halfway there. All right. <laughs> Still in the mix. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, that, that's my saying now. After we run down the NFL awards in the offseason, we're going to talk some MLB news. There were a couple of big trades this week. Then we will talk about the NBA. We'll talk about the All-Star Game, review and preview some of the big games, and, of course, what's buzzing with the NBA trade deadline. And we'll wrap it up with some NCAA men's college basketball and preview the weekend's games. All right, so without further ado, the Chiefs won their other Super Bowl in Super Bowl Four yeah. against the Vikings. That was the last time they won the big game. Chiefs have a 2-1 and record in the Super Bowl, and with – that you are the postseason loser at 13 points. Continuing the trend strong, uh, losing a lot of weeks, and now here I am in the playoffs. That Ravens game hurt, and then me picking the Texans to upset 
the Chiefs uh, back in the divisional round. That also hurt me, too. Also, so. what hurt me was picking the Vikings over the 49ers, when in reality I knew the 49ers were going to win. Yeah. But you, you had an argument, though, at the I time. W- I so. would have won that week. Well, Gabe Flayton, our Minnesota Vikings fan who calls in, mm-hmm. he won't be calling in tonight, but uh, actually got to talk to him yesterday about it. Yeah. The George Kittle play, very similar play to the Kyle Rudolph play. Mm-hmm. In the NFC divisional round, yeah. so you know a couple people had to pick the Vikings. Yeah, uh, heartfelt feeling. Congratulations to our co-host James Montefusco, mm-hmm. who wins not only the regular season yeah. quick picks title, he wins the playoff quick picks title. What a sweep for as James! Well, let's run down the final scoring. Uh, James finished with thirty-eight points. He won. You, Fonz, and Kyle all got the game right. Yes, but. James also got 10 additional points mm-hmm. because he picked the closest total of, he was closest to the total amount of points scored in the game. Correct. There was 51 points scored. James had 56, I had 57, Kyle had 58. Damn. And you had 67. Yeah, well, I thought it'd be a high-scoring game. I mean, one team had half, the half uh half one side got uh, close enough to it. Andrew Scarpacci said this last week. When Kyle Russo was hosting the show, this would be the highest scoring Super Bowl in Super Bowl history. Mm-hmm. And I laughed because I knew both defenses showed up. Spags mm-hmm. against Robert Sala, two yeah. of the elite defenses in the NFL. As good as Kansas City's offense is, in my opinion, they made the Super Bowl because of their defense. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. There was a time where Patrick Mahomes missed some time and the Chiefs started to fall off a little bit. Yeah. But their defense carried them through, kept them respectable. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of times too, when when and they said when Mahomes they grew as a team, when they said Mahomes was down, it's like all oh, the defense can't can't uh, hold up here. You know, you got to hope Mahomes comes back in a timely fashion. But I mean, when he was out, the defense held their own. I agree. So let's talk about this game. Uh, before we get to the numbers, Patrick Mahomes becomes the youngest Super Bowl MVP ever. We'll debate later mm-hmm. in the show whether he deserved it or not. He becomes the second youngest quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. The only one younger was Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, back when the Steelers beat the Seahawks That's in right. Super yep. Bowl Forty. Ah, man, we feel old now with that one. Uh, why, yes. Um, also, um, we have to talk about uh, our man Damian Williams. Yes. Damian Williams. Now, look, a lot of people say the man didn't deserve the MVP. Patrick Mahomes did. Mm-hmm. Should have been the other way around, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. I think Damian Williams, before that 31-yard run, people are like, well, you know, he only had 65, 70 yards. I think the the exact total was 68. However, yeah. Damian Williams scored the touchdown that yeah. gave the Chiefs the lead. Yeah, he had, he had a couple of receiving yards. I so. understand Patrick Mahomes drove the team down the field north majority of that fourth quarter, but I can't give the MVP to somebody who only showed up for the final 10 minutes of the game. Yeah. I just can't do it. Yeah. Uh, I, You know what? I do agree with you. Uh, people probably want to argue when you're back and forth. But, yeah, I definitely believe Damian Williams should have been the MVP, kind of similar to a couple Super Bowls uh, ago when it was uh, Falcons-Patriots. And I thought James White deserved the MVP after having three touchdowns. And yeah, they didn't give it to him. Yeah, yeah. And they gave it to Brady and said, I think it's more kind of with, which I'm not really a fan of, like the brand recognition. Yeah. People will know more Patrick Mahomes than Damian Williams. Well, also, I think he won it purely because he's the quarterback. Now, this, this That's is, also this is no knock on Patrick Mahomes, but in this game specifically, he he was not good. Yeah. To Patrick Mahomes' standards, he, he was not good. He wasn't good. He threw his first two 
career playoff interceptions. And look, if Jimmy G hits that throw at the end of the game, oh, yeah. we're talking about Jimmy G going from a B minus C plus performance to an A performance and the MVP of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to knock Jimmy G, I wouldn't quite do it just yet. Yeah. We'll talk about this later on as well. Yes. But let's go through the stat line. Um, Tyreek Hill had a great game. Um, Patrick Mahomes in this game. Let's go over his numbers. 26 of 42. He threw for just under 300 yards at 286. Two touchdowns, two picks. Remember, he also fumbled twice. Yes. Now, he didn't lose any of them, but the man nearly coughed the ball up four times in this game. And you know how it is. The team with less turnovers usually wins the game. Well, I'll tell you something. This Patrick Mahomes, four times he almost lost the football. A guy who learned under Alex Smith. Pure player that you want to learn from in terms of taking care of the football and unfortunately it just wasn't the case yeah it just wasn't the case he wasn't good and I think Damian Williams should have been MVP 17 rushes over 100 yards 104 yards Mm -hmm. two touchdowns one on the ground and one through yeah one through the air he had 40 yards uh, receiving I believe around that around that much Uh, four catches for 29 so yeah but he had a a very good game yeah Uh, you could say also that that last touchdown like you know it was kind of in, uh, like towards the end, garbage time. They wanted to play the, the clock out, but of course he had the open lane. Why wouldn't you take it? But I definitely think Williams should have been the MVP in this game because all four quarters he was there. Completely agree, but like Fons. Mahomes, uh, I'll say this quickly. I mean, you saw in the playoffs what he's been able to do, and then they yeah. had a stat too. Those two picks. It was his first interception in the postseason, and I don't know how many passes off the top of my head. But then the next drive, he did it again. So it's kind of it's, it. It wasn't it, up yeah. to Mahomes' standard. We no. kind of put him on a high pedestal for what he's been able to do. It was not. No. Also, another thing I want to discuss is the receivers in this game. Tyreek Hill, nine catches, 105 yards. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Richard Sherman did not look good in this game. Yeah, not at all. Pretty much every time they threw the ball in his direction, he was giving up yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sammy Watkins, five for 98. Big play to Watkins late in that game that set them up in good position to and score. Sherman was guarding. Oh, Sherman was on that side too. Yeah. And Kelsey had the one touchdown, too. He had six catches in the game. Mm -hmm. So, look, it's insane. And, you know, it's also insane to think that the last wide receiver that scored a touchdown in the big game was Chris Hogan two years ago. No wide receiver has scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl since Chris Hogan of the New England Patriots (laughs) two years ago when they came back against the Atlanta Falcons. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. When they lost, right? Uh, The one against the the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, yeah, the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. That's crazy. I forgot Isn't that crazy? To, yeah, because the Pats Rams. Yeah, that was well. That was a snooze fest. Thirteen three. Right? Yeah, that was a the, snooze the fest. One rush. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. Uh, and this year, the Chiefs, their touchdowns were scored by Mahomes, who ran one in, mm-hmm. Williams, who received and ran one in, and Kelsey, who received one. Mm-hmm. For the 49ers, Jimmy G threw two touchdowns. I believe one was to use check. One was yeah. It was a, it was like a little and, like a shuffle pass or yeah, whatever. Um, I think most or, or somebody. Yeah, but he mostly ran and, and had scored. One yeah. rushing, yes. And then they had the two field goals. Right, yeah. so there you go. Um, okay, the Chiefs had 395 total yards. Great, but that's not the Chiefs' standards. The defense came up big. Rashad Breeland had a pick. F- Fuller was great. Frank Clark with a sack in this game. Chris Jones looked really good, yeah. too. Yeah, he was getting pressure the whole game, batting mm-hmm. balls down. Uh, love to see it, Fonz. Yeah. Overall, it was, a, it was a very good Super Bowl. I mean, in the first half... You know, the plays were there, but there weren't touchdowns. I was still enjoying it. You know, you got the big, like, the highlight plays, but, again, no scores. Yeah. So it was fine, but then the second half, that's where things turned around. It was it was, it was was uh, fun to watch. But I like Debo Samuel having three trick plays in the first half. Yeah, all four. That was good. Running a couple of trick plays in the Super Bowl. Why not? 
Um, and then also, we got to talk about Sean Fenton, who worked in concessions at Hard Rock Stadium in high school. Now he's a Super Bowl champion. As Fonz, we have a quick caller there if you want to pick that up. And I'll carry this through till we get that caller on the line in a few moments. And another fun fact, too, we'll talk about if Damian Williams crossed the plane. Uh, Dustin Colquitt wins a Super Bowl ring as well, joining his brother and his father as a Super Bowl champion. All right. Paul, can you hear us now? Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yes, we can hear you perfectly. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, so our what happened was our call-in number switched last night, and we were just notified. And I'm not sure if it's fully... Uh, equipped yet to take calls so uh our bad uh how's it going i got you i got you it's it's going well how's it going for you guys pretty good we're you know we're just talking about your kansas city chiefs here oh, you probably uh, feel great right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, yeah feeling on top of the world right now <laughs> so do you have any uh questions or comments for us uh regarding your kansas city chiefs and their impressive super bowl victory not, not really too much, just, you know, just living in the moment. I feel like when, you know, Baltimore and New England fell out, it, it opened up the path. I, I I knew this was going to be, like, the number one chance for us. And the way that the defense turned itself around in the second half, it was just huge. It was just a tremendous season, tremendous overall season. I completely agree. It was a great season for the Kansas City Chiefs. They were 12 and 4. Now, Paul, if I remember correctly, they were 6 and 4 at one point and then won the last 6 in the regular season, correct? They did, they did. That is correct. With a little bit a little bit of help from Miami in week 17, got a first round bye too, which could might have ended up being a reason how we made it to the Super Bowl, so that's that was big. Yeah, the home field advantage is huge. Oh, yeah. Although, to be honest with you, I feel like with the way New England was playing this year, they probably would have beat them anyway, home or away. Uh, I think I definitely think so, too, but, you know. Good to have that insurance. Exactly. So made things easier that we only had to beat the Texans and the Titans to make it there. Yeah, and I, I had a feeling the Chiefs would beat the Titans because the Titans, they went up as good as Lamar Jackson is, Fonz. No yeah. offense to you and yeah. your Ravens. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. The Ravens do not have a great passing offense. Yeah, no, and I've been... Kansas City did. Yeah, yeah. I've been saying that, too. The, the, exactly. The receivers, I mean. Yeah. Uh, and the, the biggest thing was the in order to stop the Ravens, with the reason why they went 14-2 and two and you know made it that far is because nobody was able to figure out how to stop Lamar Jackson. The Tennessee was able to keep him in the pocket the entire game, which I think really like won them the game. They they had a tremendous game plan for uh, not for keeping Lamar Jackson from doing anything too explosive. Yeah, no, and their defense was definitely underrated all season, Paul. Um, I think. Right. This is a big difference from last year's Chiefs team to this year's Chiefs team. And as good as Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy are, talk about Steve Spagnuolo, Paul, and what he brought to this Chiefs defense that was so elite. Because, uh, you know, as a Giants fan, obviously we had one ring with him. And, the, you know, the, the way he designed blitzes to beat Brady was fantastic. Can you compare that to what he did this year with Kansas City? Oh, for sure. His uh... Bringing in Spags was a game changer. Um, 
the way that he was able to set up the defense, to kind of utilize what we had advantages in. I mean, his his runs at the beginning of the season, our run stop was terrible, but the way they were able to bounce back, I feel like the passing defense was very good throughout the year and kind of like over like overperformed the way that they should have been. I mean, like our cornerbacks weren't great. Traverius Ward stepped up. Tyron Matthew was might have been the biggest addition any team had from this past free agency. The Honey Badger. Yeah, he was a very he good was, pickup for them this season. Yeah. He was he was incredible. And it all goes back to Spagnola. You know, you bring in a guy like that, he's a genius. He proved it with the Giants, and it was it was a game changer. We had a bunch of defensive coordinators come in and out. No one was really able to figure it out. You know, uh, we've had a bunch of great offensive coordinators who were able to, over the past few years, Matt Nagy, who, you know, um, went to Chicago. We had um, Peterson before that, who obviously won with the Eagles. So we, uh, I think him and the defense is – what helped us win the Super Bowl, for sure. Yeah, of course, and I, I completely agree. The defense played a huge part in it. Now, Paul, our next question to you is, Patrick Mahomes obviously won MVP, and Patrick M- M- Mahomes, highly regarded uh, as the best quarterback in the NFL right now, uh, talk about his performance, and do you think he deserved MVP of this game? Um, I think... Personally, I thought Damian Williams deserved the MVP. That's who I was expecting was going to win. He, his two big touchdowns were elite. But I think Mahomes, a lot of people looked at his game and were like, okay, that's not the explosive Patrick Mahomes that we've seen in the past and all that kind of stuff, especially through the first three quarters. But the way he was able to march the team downfield, down 10, back-to-back touchdowns to put them up. Once once he threw that bomb third and 15 downfield to Tyree Kill, you knew the game was over, even though we were still down by 10. You you knew what the you could get the sense of what was about to happen. Yeah. And you knew that like the defense was stepping up. They were it, Jimmy Garoppolo did not look good at all at the end of the game. He missed the pass downfield to Sanders, which was insane. But um, I think that was the biggest play. And I, even though I personally would have gave it to Damian Williams mainly just because of his like his numbers were insane I do not have a problem with giving it to Mahomes because when you think about most valuable player we don't win the Super Bowl without Patrick Mahomes we could still probably win the Super Bowl without Damian Williams you know so I think I think I think it was a decent call um yeah I think it was a bit, we saw one quarter of what of how special Patrick Mahomes was And, you know, that's a good point you bring up, Paul. It's crazy. You could look at this from several different angles. You could look at it it one way. Patrick Mahomes did not play to Patrick Mahomes' standards the first three quarters. The 49ers, Salah, they were doing great with the blitzes. Bosa was, you know, pressuring Eric Fisher. DeForest Buckner was good. Arik Armstead was solid. But it only took Patrick Mahomes 10 minutes to overcome a 10-point deficit and defeat the San Francisco 49ers. Now, This is where it gets interesting, Paul and Fonz. So Mahomes, to be honest with you, I have a problem giving him MVP of this game, in particular of this game. I just have trouble giving the MVP to a guy who was only able to show up for 10 minutes. Did Patrick Mahomes play a humongous part in their comeback and Super Bowl win? Yes. 
I think he got the MVP in partially due because he is the quarterback. He is the guy throwing these guys the ball. But at the yeah. same time, you look at Damian Williams. Okay, before the 31-yard 30, run, whatever it was, he only had 68 yards. But he also scored the touchdown that gave them the lead. He broke the plane. Mahomes threw like a – I forget what it was, Paul. It was like a maybe a five-yard out route pass. Oh, yeah. And Williams yeah. extended that play and got the Chiefs the score on a huge down and distance. So I exactly. think – I agree. Damian Williams was my MVP in this game. I definitely say Patrick Mahomes is a second. But uh, as far as MVP, uh, Pat definitely struggled in this game. He has plenty of better days ahead of him. But, um, yeah, I just find it tough to give it to a guy like that. But, you know, that's that's Fonz. Do you have a different take? or No, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. I think it's kind of more with the brand recognition. I've already, I've already said that, though, because people know who Pat Mahomes is. He is the leader. He is the quarterback. You know, if you give it to a guy like Damian Williams, he did very good. But throughout the season, probably not a lot of people outside of the Chiefs fans really knew who he was. Yeah. If we're being realistic here, it's probably more of like a popularity contest it's like a comparison of saying James White should have won it over Tom Brady a few years ago right so that that's just an example that's the only recent example off the top of my head at least uh, unless I'm missing somebody else I mean you can even say at the time with the Ravens Jacoby Jones should have won it over Joe Flacco that's another comparison too that people have said too in the past so I think it's kind of the quarterback the leader the face of the franchise is kind of more like a they get an advantage heading into the game or like hey if they even you know do a decent game they'll get the MVP award Quarterback leads you downfield, gets two touchdowns, and you end up winning the game. Quarterback's going to win MVP nine times out of ten, most likely. So that's I definitely agree with that. I also think that like um, a big part of his struggles in the first three quarters too was the team, the offense figuring out the 49ers defense because that defense is ridiculous. You saw Bosa was in the backfield in a second every single time, and I feel like Mahomes was able to figure out how to get shifty. He started falling out of the pocket. At the beginning of the game, he was staying in the pocket and was just throwing incomplete passes, um, going quick quick three and outs, and then we would punt the ball. But he, when time mattered most, he figured out how to get get away from the defense and to do especially what um, the team does best, and that's just have Tyreek and all of and all of our speedy wide receivers just run past them. And as we saw in the third and 15, it's exactly what Tyreek did. He was able, they have the tremendous secondary. He was able, it, it, no one was able to keep up with him. He beat them all downfield. It was, it was great. It was just a good game plan, I think, for the end of the game. My thing, too, is as, you know, as bad as Jimmy G was in the second half, um, the Chiefs defense stepped up. And to be honest with you, if he hits that throw to Emmanuel Sanders, we're talking about a B minus C plus performance to an A performance if he hits that throw. Mm-hmm. Totally, and the 49ers more more than likely win the game too. Yeah, if, it's 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 crazy. But um, it is crazy. Paul, do you have any final thoughts for us here? Um, not too much. Just go Chiefs, and we got to resign Chris Jones this off season. That's a big. Try to repeat next year. That's a big. That's a big thing you got to do. That's the main thing you have to do is resign Chris Jones too. I think. <laughs> Hey, listen, people were saying he should have been MVP, too, for what he was able to do on the defensive line. Yeah, a lot of things that oh, won't no. stow up, show up in the stat sheet. Exactly. No, Exactly. Like, sure. If you're a defensive player and you don't get a pick six, you're not going to win MVP. But the way Chris Jones um, 
Scott Garoppolo at the end of the game shut him down. Those tipped passes, it was just, it was unbelievable. He's he's the star. Him and Tyron Matthew, we have no defense without those two guys. Those two guys were the anchors of our team on that side of the football. I completely agree agree with you, Paul. And I mean, I'll leave you with this: Kyle Shanahan consistently got blamed for his clock management in this game, especially late in the first half. Yeah, but. This is how Andy Reid started with his career. He was blamed for clock management. So we'll see yeah. if, you know, I, don't, I think there's nothing to be ashamed of if you're Kyle Shanahan, to be honest. I think his goal, his idea was to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field for the full extended hour because you have the half-hour halftime. Don't let him get back on the field at the end of the first half, and you get the ball to start the second. So as Paul was saying before, don't let Mahomes get settled in because he still wasn't settled in until the fourth quarter of the exactly. game. And that's what Shanahan was trying to do. I don't necessarily think it was a move that was bad. Was it good? Probably not because you saw the big play to Kittle. That could have been. But at the end of the day, it's apples and apples. Kyle Shanahan is a great young coach. This is how Andy Reid started out. You only get success through failure majority of the time. Mm. All, all, all the time, really. So, But, yeah, no, that's exactly. pretty much it. Uh, exactly. Paul, thank you so much for calling in. We look forward to having you again soon. Of course, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, Paul. Have a good night now. See you, Paul. That was Paul Lombardi from mm-hmm. Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, a long call, but a good call. Uh, yeah. Paul had a lot of thoughts on the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. No, perfect. Hey, listen. You know, he knows what he was talking about. He's a big Chiefs fan. He definitely happy deserves to be on here for a, a little bit to talk about his It was team. our first time having Paul Lombardi on, actually. Now, I was watching the uh, parade Wednesday at work with him at, up oh. at NBC. Okay. And, you know, it was interesting to watch that. Um, but let's continue with the Super Bowl here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be a big talking point for us tonight. Uh, Andy Reid's first Super Bowl win as a head coach. Now, remember... He won one as an assistant back with the Packers under Mike Holmgren back in 1998. Right. Uh, where Brett Favre threw that pass and took his helmet off running off the field. Exactly. That one. Yep. Um, yeah, so this was his second Super Bowl win ever, including his 222nd career victory, which took place on February 2nd, 2020. Rack up all the twos there, Fonz. Yeah, weird how uh, the world works sometimes. I agree. Um Andy Reid also had three straight conference championship losses from 2001 to 2003 as a head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm -hmm. Andy Reid also had a three-point loss in Super Bowl 39. Um, He was consistently blamed for clock management and had the most playoff wins for a coach in NFL history without a Super Bowl. And now Andy Reid has defied the odds. He silenced the demons for now, and he is a class act. You know, I'm very happy for the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, definitely. I really am. Um, But let's talk about the 49ers here. Jimmy G, his performance wasn't bad. I thought Jimmy G outplayed Mahomes for the first two and a half, three quarters of this game, to be honest with you. You don't always have to make the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl with a highly talented quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes, like an Aaron Rodgers, two types of gunslingers that have both done it now on Mm -hmm. that grand stage, or like a Tom Brady. So now... You look at this stat line, Garoppolo threw for 220 yards in this game. He did have the two interceptions, which wasn't good. But early on in this game, Shanahan was dominating time of possession. Mm -hmm. We saw the touchdown by Juszczyk, which we'll talk about Juszczyk in a minute. But look at this stat line. Debo Samuel had three carries for 53 yards. (laughs) The trick plays. Yeah, the trick plays, man. Love them. And it caught Kansas City off guard. 
the play action to Kittle for their first first down of the game. Love to see it. Mostert in this game only had 58 yards on the ground and only 12 carries with one touchdown. Did the 49ers make a mistake by abandoning ship from doing what they do best? I, I definitely think so. I, I, it worked so well last time. So uh, as I get a call now here, Tom will, uh, Tom will uh, address the rest of the stats here. So the 49ers had 141 total rushing yards. Kendrick Bourne had two catches for 42 yards. Debo Samuel, 5 for 39. Emmanuel Sanders, 3 for 38. Kittle, 4 for 36. Juszczyk, three catches, 39 yards, and one touchdown. Kyle Juszczyk, in fact, the first player from Harvard to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. That is the first touchdown by a fullback in the Super Bowl since Mike Allstott in 2003. I definitely think the running game was working so well throughout the season and the postseason, too. So as we get to the call now. Yeah, and, you know, I thought it was great. Uh, Tavarius Moore had one interception. Kendrick, uh, Fred Warner also one interception. Tart had a sack. Buckner, a sack and a half. And Nick Bosa with one sack. All right, caller, we have you on the line. Please state your name and where you are from. This is still Hank, and I am still from Westchester. Ah, Hank. Hank. Thank you very much. Again, sorry for the technical difficulty there. We have a new phone number, and it's not equipped yet, so... Uh, but yeah, how's it going? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. So is Fonz here in the studio. Uh, Hank from Armonk. Uh, I'm sorry, from Chapaqua. Yeah, that's our guy. <laughs> I get that correct. Yes, I always pronounce it wrong. Um, Hank, uh, what is your question? First of all, I just wanted to ask, what is your... So first of all, I want to ask, do you think the Yankees' chances at a World Series decrease with the injury of James Paxton. So that's interesting that you bring that up. Obviously, baseball is currently in offseason, and Paxton goes down with this rough injury that keeps him out of commission for three to four months. So we might not see James Paxton again until May or June. Hank, I don't think so at all. I think Hap, I'm sorry, not Hap, Paxton is not going to miss much time of the regular season. I say you wait until June to bring him back, just to be sure. The latest, the all-star break, like mm-hmm. the absolute latest. Yeah. Um, I think he'll be back before then, of course. But, Hank, I, I understand J.A. Hap now emerges as the five-starter because German is also serving that suspension. But you still have an improved rotation that features your new ace in Garrett Cole, Sevs is back, Tanaka's back, you have Montgomery back from the injury, and Hap as your five. Yeah, Mon- uh, Montgomery, you mean? Yeah, I was going to say, this guy is going to be like probably one of his first seasons injury-free in, like, what is it, two and a half years? Like, Yeah, two years ago, he had that Tommy John surgery, and so he really hadn't had much of a chance to pitch last year, but here he is, maybe he gets a chance to improve, and... Honestly, I agree. It, I don't really think it decreases our chances. It's a blow, yes, but like at the same time, you have a much the pitching rotation at this point, even without Paxton, I still say it's much better than it was a year ago. If I'm being honest, and even then, you look at the other teams in the AL, there really there really isn't as much big competition. So I don't think it's as bad as it may seem. That's my honest opinion. I agree with you, Hank. Uh... I don't think it's as bad as it seems either. Obviously, pitchers and catchers do report next week. Uh, 
I guess the only threat, really, I think, the, to the Yankees winning a World Series is the Dodgers. Uh, however, some will argue that now, if you're the Yankees, you have to worry about Tampa. You have to worry about L.A., as in the Angels. You have to worry about Minnesota, because the Angels just got Jock Peterson from the Dodgers. Yeah. They yes. signed Rendon. They got Otani. They have Trout. They don't have the best rotation, but they have the pieces there that can compete with the Yankees talent-wise. However, this is a similar situation to Yankees-Astros of last year. The Yankees now have the starting pitching, especially when Paxton returns. So, Hank, excellent point there. Thank you very much for bringing that up. Hey, no problem. I can't wait for baseball season, and uh, have a good one, you guys. All right. Thank you so much, Hank. Appreciate it. You too. No problem. Always a pleasure, buddy. Excellent work, Hank. See you, Hank. That was Hank and Dichter from Chappaqua, New York. I think I said it right this I time. I think you did. I love Hank whenever he calls in. Really. Great, great Hank, guy. What a great Gabe, guy. Yeah, really. Paul, a great crew. You, you, got, you, got a, you got a great uh, list of callers that come in every week and then give their pieces on stuff. Really. Great yeah. stuff. Thanks, Fonz. So back to the Super back Bowl. To, yeah, so back to the Super Bowl. So um, I think we were talking about the running game, how the Shannon kind of abandoned it yeah. towards the uh, – probably like towards like the second half, really, because yeah. it was working well in the first half. It was. Uh, I think Moser did score in the first half, too. I mean, this is a guy who literally let two weeks – or like two weeks prior. I agree, yeah. 200-plus rushing yards and four touchdowns. It was rough. And not only that, like they had Tevin Coleman. And right? uh, they had Matt Burita. Three very good running backs that can – at any point, literally have the 200-yard game. I'd say so. Why not keep going with that? And then you had the Debo Samuel running the reverse the reverse uh, trick play runs. Why did you not, like, why did you abandon? Especially if you wanted to keep the lead, It's the best bet is to just run the ball. Because when you pass in that situation, incompletion, the clock stops. And then worse, interception or, or sack or something. So the best bet would have been to run the ball towards the second half, really. Yeah, you know, and we saw this occur multiple times throughout the game where Shanahan just looked like he was playing the game to not lose and Mm -hmm. not to win. The Mm -hmm. Chiefs wanted to win. The 49ers wanted not to lose. Yes. So with that being said, let's talk about the flag late in the first half against George Kittle. Yes. Against he slipped behind Sorensen, the safety. Mm-hmm. He made the catch. He pushed off a little bit. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't think it should have been a flag. Yeah. If you're not going to call the Kyle Rudolph push off against the Saints a flag, you should not be calling this a flag as well. However, I understand why the call was not overturned because the original ruling on the field was a pass interference. Yeah. You have to keep the original ruling when there is not enough conclusive evidence. That's what I'm saying, too. But I'm going to tell you this. Bill Vinovich and his crew— Besides that, great job. Yeah, really. Good. There was, when people saw he was uh, uh, refing me in the head, ref, everyone was like, oh, this guy, like, what calls are you going to miss? And he pretty good game outside of the Kittle uh, interference, which I agree with. I think that might that really shouldn't have been it because, I mean, it's just you're running the route, uh, tight end. He's a little bit bigger, so, I mean, he's going to do a little little tap or whatever, but it wasn't to the point where, you know, it was an obvious pass interference. But then at the same time, you can't overturn it because there wasn't enough evidence to be like, right. all right, yeah, we'll completely reverse what and we just did. that calls – gets reversed, you're talking about the 49ers putting up more points before mm-hmm. halftime. Because it was like around like the towards the red zone, I believe, too. Right. I think. And if that turns into a potential touchdown, mm-hmm. now you're looking at it and saying, well, Super Bowl might not be going the way that it should have yeah. or that it went. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, 
George Kittle's the best tight end in the in the league. All due respect to Travis Kelsey, um, I just think Kittle has emerged on the scene so much quicker yeah, than Travis did. Jump from year one to year two was crazy. Right. Now to year three, I'd say even... right now Kelsey might. Okay, so maybe Kelsey is the best, but Kittle has a higher ceiling. Is yeah, what I'm trying exactly. Because yeah, uh, Kelsey is uh, is thirty now. Right. Kittle's now heading into his fourth year. Right. He's only twenty five, maybe yeah. twenty six. Mm-hmm. So I think he's twenty five. So it's crazy. It was a low penalized game. Great. Who is to blame for this loss? Richard Sherman, who blew the coverage on Sammy Watkins. Kyle Shanahan, with the safe play calling, this entire game. Jimmy G with the two picks and missing the throw late. Uh, I don't know. Is it Shanahan? Is it the defense altogether? I, I would. I would probably. You know, you, you can evenly spread it out to everybody. Uh, if I put a little bit more into it, I would say with Shanahan, especially. Uh, the second half where he kind of just abandoned the running game completely that was working so well, I'll say it again, throughout the season and the postseason, to completely abandon it, just have Jimmy G keep throwing up all these uh, passes that some weren't even like Ducks. good throws at all. Yeah, I would probably put a little bit more blame in the in the Shanahan, but you can also make an argument for Sherman with the blown coverage because there was also other times too where Tyreek was able to beat him out uh, in coverage and get, the, get a couple of balls here and there. Yeah. Uh, the defense too, with Patrick Mahomes, they held him out for the first – three and a half quarters and then the final half of the fourth quarter turn things around but it evenly spread a little bit more Shanahan if that makes sense yeah I agree with that um so we're gonna step aside for another quick break when we come back we'll talk about the halftime performance the national anthem and then we'll talk about the NFL awards and preview the offseason you're listening to review and preview here on liuwave.org Maybe I should call you Alfonso De La Falco. Oh, yeah. I, I figured I had it. We were looking at the Spotify playlist earlier, and I saw that theme, and I'm like, yeah, I figured I got to play it. Uh, one of the more uh, annoying wrestling themes, but I figured it'd be kind of funny to spice up the show a little bit. No way. Yeah. <laughs> bring, a little, bring a little kick to it, you know? So, Tom Scavetta here with Alfonso De Falco on Review and Preview here at LIU Studios in Brookville, New York. Uh, a reminder, if you are... Plan to call in tonight. Please call my cell phone. I will text you the number if you need our phone number. Our new phone number is not working. We've had two callers already, and it has not worked either time. So we are just letting you know now so that you can call the right number. We'll get you onto the line, and we'll figure it all out. Okay, so, uh, Fonz, where were we? We were about to evaluate. The National Anthem was very well done by Demi Lovato. Very, very well I, done. She's gone through a lot in her life. Yeah, it, it's good to see. to see. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, we, you know, a lot of the the people that are into betting and stuff, uh, the, the over was uh, two minutes and one second on the National Anthem. I believe she sang it at one minute and 46 seconds, I believe. I believe so. Like, So she bet, she got the under there. So for all of you betters out there, you got that one if you bet the under. And it's even better she went out with Julian Edelman after the Super Bowl. Oh wow. The, the two are supposedly not dating. Oh, quote unquote. Oh, look at that. I got some I uh, got some drama here too. Edelman is 34, Demi is 27. Oh, okay. Um yeah, so I guess the Patriots are still in the mix. Yeah. Oh man, look at that. Tom Brady quoted, "I will not be wearing a blazer next year." Uh listen, at this point, people, you're doubting Tom Brady. Don't do it. I care about every single one of you. I doubted Brady before. Never doing it again. At 42 years old, <laughs> I'm just saying a lot of the Chiefs 
not the fans, <laughs> but the players and the organization were saying, we'll be back here next year. Well, you're Baltimore Ravens, oh, and the yeah. boys up 200 miles north in New England might have something to say about exactly, that. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And Tennessee. Unfortunately. They're in the mix as well. Fonz, they are now, you say it. They are now back, officially, in the mix. Tom, I think I need a t-shirt that says in the mix. That's going to be our first uh, review and preview shirt, just me with, they're in the mix. Don't give me an idea now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the Tennessee Titans, uh, you missed on them more than not this season. I believe the games you picked for them was your worst winning percentage. I think, the, I think the first episode, too, I said, get the Titans out of here and their 8-8 eight eight record. Look at that. And now you're sitting here wearing uh, a rally cap because of it. Thank you, Derek Henry, Ryan Tannehill, and Mike Vrabel. That's and all I got to say. it looks like they're all coming back. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> well, we'll get to the free agency stuff uh, down the line uh, a couple of weeks from now with the NFL offseason. So let's talk about the halftime show. Featured Shakira. And Jennifer Lopez, who looks very good for 50, by the way. Yeah. Uh, was this the best halftime show ever? Eh, you know what? I, I'm kind of – I'm more into, you know, the the game aspect and stuff. I don't really pay attention to the halftime show as much, if I'm going to be honest. Would I say it was the best halftime show? Not really. I mean, it was okay. I mean, they did good. I mean, credit to them. I mean, for performing in the Super Bowl, and it's great for them, but – it's just not really my thing with that. That's just my opinion with it. There's been a lot of people saying that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was. I think it was up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of um, – I think the reason why it's getting as much hype as it did is because it was in Miami. and if It was a very Miami type. Right. Very Miami stuff. Miami so I'll give it if it was anywhere, it yeah. would be in Miami. So it's just insane how well they did. Um, and then my last comments here on the Super Bowl. Teams are 29-3 and three in the big game when leading by 10-plus points through three quarters. Th- two out of those three losses have been coached by Kyle Shanahan. One is the Atlanta Falcons offensive coordinator three years ago, and the other as the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers this yeah. year. Um and with that being said, uh, Fonz, did you have a favorite commercial in the Super Bowl? Ooh, man. Oh, man. A favorite... I really didn't. I like the Tom Brady one. The to- you know what? The Tom Brady was one really was, was pretty funny because I think he had the he posted a picture on Instagram a couple days ago, and people were like, oh, is he walking out of the stadium, walking in the stadium? Is he done? It was a Hulu commercial. I mean, who would have thought that 42-year-old Tom Brady would be the king of social media with Instagram? You really think about it. He has one of the best Instagrams out of all the NFL players right now. But I'll say one of my favorites i got to highlight on the top of my head. I think the... Dwight Schrute from the office as a Little Caesars, uh, the person, the head of Little Caesars Pizza, best thing since sliced bread. And he goes, yeah, I know, because he was the head of the sliced bread, and that's the lingo there. Like Little Caesars is the best since sliced bread. That's I funny. thought that was pretty funny too. That one, that's the first one I'm thinking off the top of my head right now. The one with the guy holding the Mountain Dew. Oh, was Brian Cranston, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, doing the the Shining, I believe that was the like. Doing the recap in the scene from and the Shining. They, they had the Pringles one. Yeah, the Rick and Morty one. Not a lot of people got that one because a lot of people that are huge Rick and Morty fans. Apparently, uh, I guess their 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 Reddit page was they all got it because of uh, they were trying to do a Rick and Morty like spoof on the Pringles Super Bowl commercial. Still, you know the Bud Light ones weren't bad. That's uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember exactly. What yeah, it was I, I think the Bud Light the the Bud Light always does uh, pretty solid commercials too. Oh, it was the uh, he was kind of dressed like Darth Vader a little bit. Um, 
I, yeah, that was that was definitely. A I mean, good if one. you, I mean, th- those were good. Uh, the oh yeah, oh it's at the tie. Well, not the tie. It had the tie. It was He's mixed in like a night. Or yeah, something. it was mixed in with the tie yeah. commercials. I like. There's always the Super Bowl. Mixed in. Every Super Bowl that's mixed in, they always do like. Uh, First quarter, the one part. Second quarter, second part. Third, like, you know, all the quarters are a different part of the yeah. commercial, too. Uh, you know, another one that I really did like, and um, it was really touching. It was the Google one. I want to mention that one there. Uh, that was a very – it was a very nice one. I, I, I'm i not going to lie. I did tear up for that one a little bit. That was a very nice commercial that they did. Uh, there's always that one sad commercial in the Super Bowl. So that that's one of them. I'm trying to think. What were the other good ones, too? Overall, though, just very solid throughout. There really wasn't a there really wasn't a bad commercial that I was like oh like what at least unless I'm thinking missing one I don't think so either yeah I think we I think we, they they did they nailed it this year they did last comment on the Super Bowl yes through 54 Super Bowls the AFC versus NFC record is 27 and 27 look at that fun fact Tom you're always bringing the fun facts here on Fun Fact Friday so I'm gonna ask you this throw you right into the fire. Is Patrick Mahomes the best player in the NFL? I mean, you can't argue with what he just did. I know we said he had a struggle the first half of the Super Bowl, but what he was able to do to come back and win and get and lead Kansas City to their first uh, Super Bowl in 50 years, I, I would say right now he is the best player in the NFL. And this is coming from a guy who's been a Lamar Jackson homer since the beginning of the show. Yeah. Um. I think that he is. Mm-hmm. Is he the most exciting player right now? Eh. I don't know. I mean, look what I'm wearing right now, everybody. A Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Jackson Pro Bowl. Look yeah. at that. He's exciting to watch. Uh, now, more importantly, do you think this is a Chiefs dynasty that's emerging? Do you I think d- it's too soon to portray? I, no, I think so. I mean, because think about it. Last year they were, in the, they were a play away and offsides away from getting to the Super Bowl. They could have done a back-to-back Super Bowl, so I definitely think it is. It has been the start of, of some sort of dynasty. Uh, we'll see what happens um, next year if they win again or if they make another deep playoff run. I, I would, I, I would definitely say it's the start of a dynasty. Yeah, I think so too. But I don't think New England is done yet either. I think New mm-hmm. England gets one more. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, is, will, will Brady be under center? Is that the question for you? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Brady's Good. Not going anywhere. Go, see. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. You're listening. You're uh, listening. Yeah. All, all this talk about him going here and there, what Giselle wants, this and that. Kyle Russo in my left ear, James in my right. Brady's staying in New England. Yeah, and me just being like, don't listen. Don't listen. I'm on your side with that one. Big news in the NFL over the last week. Former two-time Pro Bowler Vernon Davis, a former 49er, retires mm-hmm. yeah. from the NFL. He has Super Bowl ring. He does. With the Denver Broncos. And then also... Today, this just in, former Baltimore Raven, San Diego Charger, and L.A. Ram, Eric Weddle. Yeah. Calls it a career. Yeah. After 13 seasons. Yeah. I mean, he's been around the league since 2007, I believe, as a second or third round pick. He was basically one of the top safeties when he was on the Chargers. I think first couple of years he, had a, he was trying to get on the field and then developed as a star safety that not a lot of people have talked about. Once went to Baltimore on a free agent deal. It was a big signing. I was so excited when they signed him. I'm like, this is the leader that we needed on the defensive side and did very well for them. I was a little bit upset that they let him go, but they did replace him with Earl Thomas, which I was okay with, and had one more. I think it was just one year with the Rams. 
Uh, I think he was okay with his time with the Rams. wasn't wasn't horrible, but I thought he had at least another year or two in him. But looks like he wants to call it a career. Wants to start something new. And you know, congrats on a great career to Weddle. I think it was a three-time Pro Bowler or six-time Pro Bowler, I believe. Yeah, a lot more Pro Bowls than I'm giving than I'm saying right now. And then multiple-time All All Pro. It's part of life. Yeah. Eventually, you retire. Yeah, I've uh, seen a lot of retires, man. This this past uh, couple of weeks here. Other news: The Giants cut Alec Ogletree today mm-hmm. uh, to clear up some cap space, and the debut of the XFL starts tomorrow. I'm happy for it. I'm excited. It's going to be very interesting. You have eight teams. Yes. In the XFL, I'm actually going to the New York Guardians game Sunday. Yeah, that should be that should be a good one. I think the quarterback there's Matt McGloin, former Penn State quarterback, uh, was with the Raiders for a little bit too. Yep. Uh, a lot of it's cool because. What they did, what they're doing now compared to the last time the XFL was around, they the first XFL was around during the NFL season, like right in the, during it. So no one went to it. They're kind of getting, they're probably they're like forgetting everything about what happened the last time. This is a fresh start for them. Couple of weeks in the offseason, which is the best because people still want to watch a football game. They're not making it exactly like the NFL with the rules because there's a lot of cool rules now because I think the extra point it's from the two yard line it's one point or yeah three yard line it's. Uh, or five-yard line, it's two points, excuse me. And right. from the 10-yard line, it's three points. You could score up to nine points or uh, ten points Yeah, in one drive. You're right. And I think the kickoff, uh, this is my favorite, on the punts and what on uh, kickoffs, first of all, if it's a touchback, it's a penalty. Yeah. Coffin corner punt, penalty. Nobody can move. The punter punts it, and the receiver can run around and try to catch it. As soon as he catches it, everybody can run. That's it's just causing a lot of plays, a lot of fun plays to go, and you know they don't want you to go for it on fourth down. They want you to go for it on fourth down, excuse me. So the New York Guardians, their head coach, by the way, former Giants offensive coordinator, Houston Oilers head coach, Kevin Gilbride. Yes, yes. Uh, Perfect fit. <laughs> yeah, he's from the area, number one. Number two, he knows MetLife Stadium very well Yeah, in the old Giants stadium. New York Guardians will be playing against the Tampa Bay Vipers Sunday, 2 p.m. on Fox. And what's great, these games are televised. Fox, ESPN, ABC. Yeah, that's something the first XFL didn't. They didn't get any TV deals. These guys are only getting paid ranging from 50000 to 200000 250000 which, you know, it's not a whole lot of money, but this could be a stepping so, a stepping stone for some to the NFL. Yeah, a lot of the, the XFL made it clear that they, they want to use it as a platform for the guys to make it to the next level. Something the AAF didn't do. Remember when we talked about that league? That league folded after a couple of weeks. Yeah. And that thing with them is they never even had any TV deals. They were having on like Spike TV and some other random channels that aren't even really around anymore. So the XFL is taking this very seriously, and I'm I'm excited to to watch. I'm assuming you're going to be a Guardians fan going forward. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably me too. But I mean, it's kind of one of those things where you can kind of pick any team now because it's a fresh start too. I did like the Battlehawks simply because of the uniforms and the name itself. And it's St. Louis, they finally have a football team now. Interesting. Yeah. The eight teams in the league, of course, we just named two, the New York Guardians, the Tampa Bay Vipers. Mm-hmm. It's also the St. Louis Battlehawks, mm-hmm. the Dallas Renegades, Los Angeles Wildcats, Houston Roughnecks, Seattle Dragons, and D.C. Defenders. So yeah. it should be good. Yeah, former uh, Ohio State quarterback Cardell Jones, the star of the D.C. Defenders. Correct. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to watch it. I really am. Yeah. I'm looking forward to being there, and it should be fun. We'll see how this league turns out, see if they're successful. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to going to the game. We just got tickets near the end zone, so yeah. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward. It's to It's going to be more like college football for yeah. sure. The overtime yeah. is so much better. The NFL they shorten the overtime. It's oh yeah, not I forgot about the overtime. Always, too. You always feel like somebody got gypped at the end. Yeah, exactly. Now that's not the case. 
Um, okay, so quick rundown through the through the NFL awards. Then we'll get to our team of the week. Lamar Jackson wins MVP unanimously. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Well deserved, I believe. This was probably the most flawless regular season since Tom Brady in 2007. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was fun to watch. Struggle had his struggles a little bit here and there in the beginning, but turned things around completely after that. After that Chiefs loss they had, I, he was just fun to watch. He made the team really fun to watch. He, you know, broke Michael Vick's rushing record by a lot. Yeah. 1,200 rushing yards, made it look easy. Had a career high in passing, obviously. Uh, I think as overall as a team, had the best regular season rushing record, uh, passing and everything. He, he was just really fun to watch, and he really – I'm excited for the future with Lamar and see what he can do now. Uh, let's just hope now that in year three he does something in the playoffs because if it happens again, fans are going to start being like, yeah, Lamar is great as a regular season quarterback. And that's my worry, and I'm saying it honestly as and a fan too. He still hasn't won a playoff game. Yeah, yet. I'm, I'm, and you know what? As a fan, I am. I'm going to be honest. I am. I a little bit worried here and there, but I know he has a very bright future in the league. Let's go over the rest of the awards. So Lamar, second time ever MVP was chosen unanimously. Mm-hmm. Michael Thomas wins Offensive Player of the Year from the Saints. New England Patriots defensive back Stephon Gilmore wins Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Impressive campaign for oh, him. Yeah, Best cornerback sure. in the NFL, yeah. easily. Yeah, no, no I'm doubt. Surprised Offensive Player of the Year did not go to McCaffrey. Yeah, I thought McCaffrey was going to get it, but I mean, there is a very good argument for Michael Thomas. I mean, 1,400 receiving yards, I believe, broke the reception record. The guy's a reception machine. Here's my argument against your argument mm-hmm. Michael Thomas played with Drew Brees mm-hmm. and yeah. Teddy Bridgewater. Christian McCaffrey played with Kyle Allen majority of the season. Uh, you know, that's that's a very good argument. Will Greer, and he had nobody else on that Carolina Yeah, offense. and he did have the 1,000 like rushing, 1,000 receiving. So, yeah, I definitely can see the argument there, but, uh, you know, I'm okay with either or right. winning the Offensive Player of the Year. Kyler Murray wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Nick Bosa from the 49ers, Defensive Rookie of the Year. The one and two picks. Yes. I, be- I think this uh, Bosa winning, that makes sense. I think that would have been uh, Kyler Murray, I-, I think. I think definitely did good. I'm- Unless I'm forgetting somebody, but I think, yeah, I think Kyler Murray was the best rookie quarterback. Uh, and that's- No offense to your Giants and Daniel Jones, but I, I mean. I thought Jones was better. You be really honest. think so? Okay. I, I think Kyler Murray. Besides the fumbles, yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I think Kyler Murray, what he was able to do the whole season, really changing things around in Arizona. Here's my thing. Mm-hmm. Jones will have a longer NFL career than Kyler Murray. Okay, yeah, because more because he's not really more of a Jones can scramble, but he doesn't want to. You know, Kyler Murray is, is a right is a scrambling quarterback. You're gonna like this one. Comeback player of the year from the Tennessee Titans, yeah. Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, comeback player. Meanwhile, he didn't come back from injury. He was healthy the whole season. <laughs> I thought comeback player was a guy who comes back from injury and does well, but you know, it's well deserved for him because Tannehill it was looked at as kind of a joke in Miami. Comes into Tennessee, was going to be the backup. And played very yeah. well once Barriota got benched and he was the starter. So, you know, it, it just congrats to him. You know, and We'll see if they re-sign him, which they most likely will. Yeah, or franchise tag him and re-sign Henry because he's a free agent right. too. That would make sense. So, and then coach of the year, John Harbaugh from the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. Congrats. Greg Roman, assistant coach of the year, Baltimore Ravens. Oh, yeah, the trifecta with those with them and Lamar. And Calais Campbell from the Jacksonville Jaguars wins the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Yeah. So now it's that time for our Team of the Week. Mm-hmm. As you know, you can pick it through any sport. Mm-hmm. Fonz, who is your Team of the Week? All right, 
a little bit crazy. We're going to get to the trade deadline later on. I'm going to go because on top of the Golden State Warriors going 2-1 and one yeah, this fun. past week. No, it's, it, you think I'm crazy and fans will be like, what is he talking about? They, I think they won the trade deadline here. They gave up Glenn Robinson and Alec Burtz, who guys they were not they were just there for just for the injury fillers for now, and got back three future second round picks to build that roster. And on top of that, they knew D'Angelo Russell wasn't going to be there for a long time. He was just as a replacement for Clay until he comes back. They traded him to Minnesota and they got uh, they got in return Andrew Wiggins, who I think is still a very good player. I mean, obviously at times he never lived up to the number one pick. But now he'll be the third, fourth option, depending on if like Draymond Green has a night or whatever. Look at this potential Golden State Warriors lineup next year. Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney's the starting center now. But what if they win the lottery and get the first overall pick yeah, or top pick? They get James Wiseman? I think Golden State did very well to trade that line, trading all the way the players they weren't going to keep. They have these guys on big contracts, and they got second-round picks in return. They can find some guys in the second round to fill out their bench and their roster to be role players. So I, I'm giving the Golden State the team of the week here. I'm going to give you my team of the week and my not team of the week. Okay. Because I am absolutely disgusted with this one team. First off, my team of the week is the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I, I figured that'd be an obvious one. I figured right. I want to go a little bit out of the box I, here. I just want to say this one more time. 50 years without a ring, and they finally get another one. Yeah. On, Living up to his name with a trophy. Look, I just love to see it. My not team of the week, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Why? You've lost 13 games in a row, mm-hmm. and you trade for D'Angelo Russell? Yeah. To please Cat? Yeah, right. Who Cat has been public of that he wasn't sure if he wants to, or not public, but there's been rumors that he doesn't want to be there for a while. I know they, they're kidding me. I, I'm not sure about that trade with the. Uh, I mean, Wiggins I thought was pretty good throughout the year, but now it looks like maybe the, obviously things didn't pan out for them. But you're six and nineteen at home. Yeah, and, and then they traded everything too. They even if you saw the team photo today or the team uh, press conference and they got Russell, there was like seven guys up there with jerseys. They got to completely overhaul the lineup. Maybe it works, but maybe it's not. But it yeah, looks like another. It looks like a, the Nuggets. It looks like a. It looks like another. Uh, Lost season for the Timberwolves right now. Uh, I don't care. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, all right. On that note, we're going to step aside for another quick break. When we come back, we'll talk some MLB news and then get into the NBA. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. You're listening to Review and Preview at LIU Studios. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Fonz DeFalco here in the studio. We've reached the 9 o'clock hour. Oh, yeah. A quick reminder, you can watch our show live tonight on Facebook Live. You can listen to our show once it is uploaded to anchor.fm slash review and preview. We are having an issue with the phone line tonight. We do have a planned caller later on who will be calling me directly. And also, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at review and preview. Big blockbuster news coming at the end of the show. You don't want to miss it. We're going to reveal it. We kind of already did before, but we'll say it again in case you missed. All right, Fawn. So, uh, pitchers and catchers report next week. The MLB season is right around the corner at this point. And, of course, the Mets pull a Mets move. Uh. Uh, Steve (laughs) Cohen backs out of majority ownership stake. uh, Oh, man. And Jeff Wilpon is Looking real comfortable right now. 
Yeah, he's probably happy about this right now, too. I mean, oh, man. Tom, we've been doing this for a while. How many Mets problems have we had here on the show? Too many. It makes me lose two IQ points every time we go over each one, too. I, I, I Literally, the first time I was on the show, we were happy about the Mets and seeing what they were going Mets. forward. Now it's just been a downhill since I've joined, man. I don't know. Why. It's just, oh, yeah. oh man. Really. I can't with this team. I can't anymore. I really Look, Jeff Wilpon said, oh, in five years, yeah, he can be the owner, but I'm going to remain a senior advisor in the CEO role. Like, come just on. Just leave, man. It's really like it's at the point now where fans are just getting fr- – oh, they've been frustrated. Nobody cares. Just, <laughs> get them out of there, please. It really is just uh... – Save us uh, – throw us a bone, why don't you? Well, seriously. This team ain't going anywhere. Well, apparently they're they're still have the seventh best World Series odds. Really? Yeah. Oh, look at that! Hey, look, not a lost season yet, Mets fans. We got some hope. There were some big trades that took place this week. The Boston Red Sox traded Mookie Betts and David Price to the Los Angeles Dodgers for a deal that includes Alex Verdugo, who heads to Boston. The trade includes a third team, the Minnesota Twins, and they get Kenda Maeda, and. Prospect Brewstar Gretrol headed yep. to Boston, but the trade is not yet official. Not official. It's just basically just got to wait for what they believe one prospect. Yes. Need to look over the medical stuff before the trade can officially be accepted here. Right. That is correct. So we'll talk about another trade that happened this week involving the Dodgers and the other crosstown rival LA team, Los Angeles Angels, Jock Peterson traded from the Dodgers to the Angels along with Ross Stripling in exchange for Angels infielder Luis Rengifo, outfielder prospect Andy Pages heading from the Dodgers farm system to the Angels. Um, yeah, little little crazy week in baseball. Yeah, sure. right before the season starts, our wire pitchers and catchers start up too. Good to preview it a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Preview and preview. Yep. <laughs> so, basketball time. Oh, boy. Um, the Kobe Bryant tribute that was demonstrated at the Staples Center Friday night was priceless. Really, it was really nice. It was very a very humbling moment. You saw the performers. I think Pang was one of them. I forget who performed before him. Uh, the teams were very emotional. Former teammate of Kobe, Trevor Ariza, actually had to run back to the locker room to regain his composure before the game. I don't know if you heard about that, but he was not present yeah. for about 20, 25 minutes. He was by himself. Wow. Um, Trevor Ariza, part of that 2000, run with the Lakers. 2019. Yes. Yeah, I remember that, too. He did with young Trevor Ariza, too. That is correct. Um, in this game, the Trailblazers won. They won 129-117. to 117. Damian Lillard went off one rebound shy of a triple-double. Yeah. 48 points, 9 rebounds, 10 assists, 17-30 to 30 from the field, 7-12 to 12 from deep. Damian Lillard this year is the best point guard in the league. Oh, yeah. I mean, not even, not even just that game. I mean, throughout the couple of weeks, he's been really – he's been unstoppable. And I think he really – I mean, people not people give Portland credit or respect, but – I definitely put him in the conversation for MVP. Maybe if he keeps playing like this throughout the season, I definitely think he should, he has a shot to win it. He has to be. Yeah. I mean, I mean, who else would be? I mean, obviously you have Greek Freak. You're always gonna have LeBron in there. Yeah. 
You're going to have, I mean, Kawhi, just because of the the name itself and what he's been able to do with the Clippers, but Damien's got to get a lot of votes here with that, especially what he's been able to do. I mean, uh, his nickname I saw on NBA Instagram, it's Logo Lillard because he shoots threes from the logo. <laughs> really, I like that. It's a good nickname yeah. for him. That, he's, I, listen, he's my favorite non-Knicks player to watch. Like, I, He's my favorite player who's not on the Knicks, Damien Lillard. I really enjoy watching him. Great story that he's, uh, you know, coming into Portland uh, from a lower level college, comes in now, has been a star. Yeah. I I love his story, and I'm a huge fan of Lillard, and I really hope he gets a lot more recognition as the season progresses. So let me let's, let's talk about this now. Hassan Whiteside, in yeah. addition, they got there still a Rodney Hood's loss for the year, but Nurkic and Collins are footsteps away from returning to this lineup, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you look at this team, Hassan Whiteside. What will his role be yeah. when those guys come back? Well, Friday night, look at the show he put on. Yeah, very good. 30-13 and 13 with five blocks. Missed just one field goal in 14 attempts. Yeah. He, he did work out in Miami. They want to play a different style. Portland loves using the centers, and he's flourishing with uh, him, Damian, and CJ. It's yeah. a nice trio for them. And then when you said when Collins comes back and Nurkic comes back, it's going to be a very good lineup, too. And AD went off in this game for the Lakers. 37 mm-hmm. points, 16 boards, 6 assists, 5 blocks. LeBron... Health's just 22. And then Kuzma had a double-double, 17 and 15. Those were the only three guys really that performed, the you know three of the best players on that team. Yeah. And the role players just weren't good. I know Caruso struggled, Quinn Cook. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these guys still getting adjusted to, uh, you know, this new life instantly without an NBA legend. Yeah. Who will forever be remembered for his greatness on and off the court. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, we appreciate Kobe Bryant, his kids growing up, just watching him play. Big part of our childhood in basketball, really. Didn't know the guy personally, but look, this is something that you have to appreciate as a fan of sports, even. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's just sudden shocking. It's sad. Yeah. Uh, but there will be brighter days ahead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just remember that L.A. has a chip on their shoulder now. They mm-hmm. have work to be done, and we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Quinn Cook actually switched his number to number 28 out of respect. Carmelo Anthony did not travel to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, Vanessa Bryant actually requested some of the items that were left by fans there, including over 1,350 basketballs, boxed basketballs. Oh, I guess like when the yeah. I guess when like the fans come in, they get like something and they just left them there. Well, is yeah, that what it was? Is that what at the that... memorial they left them there? Vanessa oh, okay, requested. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. she got some of the items. So, oh, okay, nice. okay, yeah, all right, my mistake on that one. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, all right, so let's review the week that was in the NBA. Monday night, the Knicks beat the Cavs in overtime. They all right. now on a three-game winning streak. Woo-hoo, all right. 16-36. and 36. Good for our Knickerbockers. Marcus Morris, 26 points. Uh, he is now an L.A. Clipper, though. Yeah, that was His last the, game as a Nick right yeah, there. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I had, that's why I had to highlight it there, too. Did Alfred Payton seriously get another triple-double? Yeah, I don't know what's up with Alfred Payton. Like, I, uh, he's good. You, At man. times, he gets a triple-double, then just does nothing. I mean, I don't... Uh, this Knicks, I mean, I guess he does that. He's done that before with the Magic and when he was with the Pelicans. He'll just randomly get a triple-double, and just no one talks about yeah. it. Literally, because I, when I was writing this down, I was looking at it, and I was like... Wait, he had 17. Yeah, wait, he had a triple. Du- I had to do a double take on it. <laughs> 17, 11, and 15. Yeah, you had a, so you had a, you had a double check too over there too. We have to. It, <laughs> we have three. We have three checks now, and we're good. Yeah, it's so, official. Um, Kevin Love, 33 and 13. He stays put in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, Cleveland, of course, got Andre Drummond at mm. the trade deadline. 
Colin Sexton went off in this game Monday, tw- 29 points, 7 assists. Another big game. Uh, the Clippers defeated the Spurs by 3. Kawhi against his old team mm-hmm. in their house in San Antonio, Texas. Old coach Pop. DeMar DeRozan, the man who he was traded for, went off 26-5. and five. Aldridge, 27-9, and nine, but it wasn't enough. They still lost by three. Mm-hmm. The Spurs are in an interesting spot because you don't know if they're rebuilding. You yeah. don't know what's going on with them. Yeah, still fighting for a playoff spot. They sure are. And then Wednesday, the Clippers defeat the Miami Heat, destroy them. They won by 17 points. PG-13 had a double-double. Landry Shamit with 23 points. Mm-hmm. And then... I'm going to tell you something. These Heat look good, especially after the trade deadline. Yeah. They look good. Derek Jones, 25-9 and nine the other night. And then Bam Adebayo, who's an all-star this year. Yeah. It's insane what they've been able to do. Uh, and then, of course, Toronto defeating the Pacers by one point. Yeah. Lowry, two rebounds shy of a triple-double. Man, eight rebounds for Lowry is saying something. Yeah. You know? Doesn't happen often. Ibaka had 30 points. Oh, yeah. Still there in Toronto. Siakam had 25. And then the Pacers, you know, they put in a good fight, a nice addition to Malcolm Brogdon this year. But they're really waiting for Victor Oladipo to come back and be the man that he was before yeah. the injury. Yeah, he's been back. He you know, playing back. a couple of games, but waiting to see when we get to that all-star level. Yep. And then, of course, last night, the Knicks defeat the Magic. Um, 105-103 to extend their win streak to three games, and then the Lakers also won last night. Oh, yeah. Uh, trying, to mem- trying to remember who they played. Uh, oh, the Rockets. It was the Rockets. The, the Rockets with the, the... The Rockets won last night. Yeah, the Rockets with the famous now P.J. Tucker as your starting center running the small ball lineup, which we'll get to do when the, talking about all the trades yeah, well, they've they done. Just dealt Clint Capella. Upcoming games tonight, we have Memphis and Philly currently in progress. Toronto and Indiana, uh, Indiana again. Houston at Phoenix, Portland at Utah. That's so those be, games that's going to be a good late night game to watch. Portland's been hot as of late. They're coming yeah. on. They are coming on hot. Um, it should be interesting how that unfolds tomorrow. The Bucks at the Magic, potential one versus eight matchup playoff preview possibly. Um, the Knicks at the Pistons, the Nets at the Raptors, Clippers at Timberwolves, Lakers at Warriors, and then Denver at Phoenix. Right now. Let's talk about the current scores that are going on. The Suns lead the Rockets 18-12 to early on. The Raptors and the Pacers in a close one at halftime. Toronto leads 64-63. 76ers about to escape with a win and break their dry spell finally with a win over the Grizzlies. They're currently up 117-106 with 31 seconds left. And then we have the Wizards trailing the Mavericks by one mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter with one second left. So that's interesting. Um, and, you know, Sunday, I cannot wait for this. Utah at Houston. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Miami at Portland. That will also be another great game, too. Celtics at Thunder. Yeah, pretty good pretty good uh, trio of games. So now it's 920. We're expecting a caller in just a few moments. Um this trade deadline's been insane. The first trade that happened, it was a four-team trade that involved Clint Capella. Mm-hmm. Capella was dealt to the Hawks along with Nene from the Rockets. The Rockets received Covington from the Timberwolves, mm-hmm. Jordan Bell from the Timberwolves, and a 2024 second-round pick. The Timberwolves received 
Malik Beasley, Juan Hernan Gomez from the Nuggets, along with Jared Vanderbilt. They received Evan Turner from the Hawks and a 2020 first-round pick that is lottery-protected, Yeah, the Timberwolves received. So they are clearly in a rebuild mm-hmm. with the exception of Cat. Yeah, and Nuggets, too, received some other players in that team as a four-team deal also. This 12-player yeah. trade. Nuggets got Gerald Green, uh, Kienta Bates-Diop, and That's Shabazz right. Napier, Noah Vonley, and a 2020 first-round pick. I believe that 2020 first-round pick is from the Timberwolves, I believe. Yes. Uh, so, it, yeah, the four-team deal. And that's not the last you'll be hearing of Jordan Bell and Shabazz Napier after that because they got dealt the next day. If uh, you want me to read about those. Yeah, go ahead. Talk about those two, yeah. Uh, Jordan Bell then goes to the Grizzlies along with a future second-round pick, and the Rockets receive Bruno Caballo and a future second-round pick. And on top of that, the Nuggets traded away Shabazz, goes to the Wizards, and in return the Nuggets get Jordan McRae. Too uh, much. Yeah, oh, man, a lot of wheeling and dealing between Underrated those two. Underrated player, McRae. Oh, oh, no, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, so then McCray and Napier swap. So Napier on the Nuggets, McCray on the Wizards. I'm sorry. Napier on the Wizards, McCray on the Nuggets. Yeah. Then the Warriors trade D'Angelo Russell, Jacob Evans, and Amari Spellman for Andrew Wiggins, a top three protected 2021 first-round pick and 2021 second-round pick. Do you like this trade? I love this trade. For the Warriors, swapping oh, Russell and them for Wiggins. I think so, because like I said, Russell probably wasn't going to be the answer. I mean, he wasn't going to be there for a long time. And they got a guy in Wiggins who can replace that at the time. Remember when they had Harrison Barnes at the three? Um, before they had Kevin Durant, he can be in that type of role there with them. will be like the third or maybe fourth score scoring option, depending on the situation. And on top of that, they didn't give up any draft picks. They only got more. A top three protected, yeah. It depends on where the Timberwolves end up in the standings. But, you know, if it's top three, Timberwolves keep it. But if they're in the latter half, then the Warriors get it. And then they get a 2021 20, second-round pick, and they get more picks, as we'll talk about more of the trades. So I love what the Warriors did here. I agree. Uh, I like what they did, too. They know they're in a spot to be back in the mix next year, uh, possibly win another championship with that squad that they have. They could potentially go from – Worst to first. And we have a caller here. I'm going to take this call. Hello? Hey, Tom, it's Johnny. Oh, it's Johnny Montalbano, the former host of Review and Preview, the man who started it all. Johnny, oh, wow. how's it going? Hey, I'm doing good, Tom. Fonz, how are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. It's been a while. Hope everything's good with you guys. Yeah, um, we're doing good, Johnny. What's so? Good, what, good. What, what's up in your mind in this crazy sporting world right now well i know i haven't spoken to you guys in a while but in my sports life not much has changed uh my basketball team still stinks my football team still stinks um my hockey team's rebuilding uh my baseball team right now also uh is dysfunctional in terms of the ownership but it still is going to be an interesting season with them but i do want to talk about the uh the nba because obviously as you know my first team first and foremost is the knicks and uh, there's a lot to get to there. So uh, let me start with the trade deadline real quick because that was, you know, unbelievable. I'll say this. I don't think the NBA trade deadline, like the day of, is as exciting as, let's say, like the NHL trade deadline or even the baseball one. But this one this past week was absolutely insane with everything that happened. And I was, you know, I, I was actually scared to see Marcus Morris go, but at the same time, you know, the it was the right thing to do. And I was happy when I heard 
then he got traded to the Clippers because they were able to get a first-round pick. Now, it'll probably be a late first-rounder, but, you know, the Knicks are actually finally starting to do things right in terms of this rebuild. Should have happened 10 years ago, but (laughs) now we've got two uh, first-round picks this year. We have two going into next year, and maybe, you know, a negative out of all this is they're actually starting to win games again, which may take them out of possibly being uh, one of the top three uh, selections in the draft, of course, because, you know, they'll go on a couple on a winning streak right now, and that'll prevent them from getting the, one of the top picks in the draft this year. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're really stacking up on these draft picks now, Johnny. I believe they have five first-rounders over the next three years, if I'm not I mistaken. Yeah, I think it's two this year, two next year. I think right it was something like seven in the next three. It's, yeah. it, it's wild because the Knicks haven't had a first round. You know, there was that stretch uh, years ago where they didn't have a first-round pick. Yeah. And now they've finally started to collect all of them. And again, this should have happened ten years ago, but maybe they're finally starting to get it. But And I was happy for Morris. And look, there's no saying that the Knicks can't go out and re-sign Marcus Morris. But here's the, the thing. This team doesn't have a superstar. And you know what? Without a star, you know you're not going to win games. That being said, and I said that I don't, and I said this to you guys uh, when the season started, I was happy they didn't sign Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. Granted, they need a star, and I know maybe it sounds like I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth. They definitely do need a star, but those were not the guys to go after. And just imagine if this team had the same record and signed both Kyrie and Durant, what would we be talking about today? It'd be a, a totally yeah. <laughs> uh, different nightmare than the rebuilding nightmare they're going through right now i agree 100 now johnny my question to you is this sure. i mean you fire steve mills great but you bring up a good point it should have happened years ago like why right before the deadline do you think that's just a very awkward time to do it Oh, it's, it's, you know, because it's the New York Knicks and they don't do anything right. You know, they fired David. He should have been fired when David Fisdale got fired. And I wasn't for Fisdale firing. And, yes, they've played better under under interim coach Mike Miller. But let's also be fair. They've also had a lot of blowouts under Miller, too. So I would have fired Mills along with Fisdale. But I it was time for him to go. It does seem kind of ironic the four years in out of the last several years he's been with the team, either as GM or president, the four years that he wasn't here, the Knicks made the playoffs those years. Yeah. But, uh, no, he, he should have been gone when Fisdale got fired. But, you know, it's the Knicks. They don't ever do anything right. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know me, me and Fonz obviously both root for the Knicks. Fonz more of the uh, diehard Knicks fan than m- oh. myself. Uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I know you were chanting – uh, <laughs> oh man! I know Fonz was chanting "sell the team" at one of the games with a bunch of the yeah. Fans. I was actually at the game against the Grizzlies when they uh, that little scuffle happened towards the end, and there was a chant. Oh, yeah, yeah, there. How, how loud was? I mean, it sounded like it was very loud on the TV. But when you were there in person, how loud was? Was it really that loud? Oh yeah, I mean, in the beginning, I was like, "What are they saying?" And then I heard the "sell the team," and I'm like, "Yep, that's exactly what." It, yep, and then I started chanting with it. I'm not gonna lie, I did do that. I mean that. That scuffle at the end was just completely unnecessary. Like they were already getting blown out. It's like just end the game already. I mean that. Yeah, that. Oh man. Yeah, let's be honest. You know where that scuffle started is because I know they're down eighteen, but Julius Randle throws a very lazy inbounds pass in, which yeah you know, starts that whole thing. And you, you, you 
could have made the argument that you know Jay Crowder should not have shot a three pointer right off the uh, steal of 18 with a minute to go, but you know a lazy inbound pass like that is going to lead to that, and you know you know, and then Alfred Payton, who should not have, I mean he shouldn't have done what he did either, but. And I know you guys yeah. are just bringing up about Peyton the last couple of games. It does seem kind of ironic that him and Taj Gibson had a phenomenal game last night, and those two players should probably have also been dealt yesterday too during the death. Yeah, I still don't get why we have Taj Gibson on the roster. I think Mitch Robinson should start over Gibson. I I can never understand it. I'm not hating on the guy. I just don't think he should be our starting center. Uh, role player, fine, but I mean, I, I I don't. He should have been gone too. Yeah, I mean, these they have guys like Marcus Morris would have been was a great would be a great role player with a great team. Like, I think he'll go out to the Clippers, and I think he'll he'll flourish out there. I think he'll be great. Peyton would be a good role player on a, on a winning team. Uh, Taj Gibson would be a great role player on a winning team. But, you know, sometimes when you, you put up great numbers on a bad team, that also says something, too. I mean, you're putting up good numbers here, but, you know, look at the team they have. Of course, somebody's got to put up good numbers on a bad team. Right. Now, Johnny, my thing is this. Uh, I mean, you have Julius Randle. You have Mitchell Robinson. It just doesn't make sense when you watch these games where Mitchell Robinson's only getting like 15 minutes a game. Frank doesn't play. Alonzo Trier doesn't play. Kevin Knox doesn't play. Kevin Knox doesn't play. And then when they get in, they're putting up numbers. They're they're doing the right things, not just in terms of the score sheet, but intellectually. They're doing the right things on the court. They're not being allowed the opportunities to play where the Knicks are like they're playing like they're still in the mix with all these veterans in the lineup. I don't get it for the life of me how those young guys are not playing on this team. And by keeping Peyton and keeping uh, Gibson, it's just going to continue to do that. And it's going to it's going to make these guys' first-round picks seem like an absolute bust. I think that's, I, that's one thing you saw in the second half of last year. When those young guys played, they actually played pretty well. Yeah. And their, their time this year, and maybe that could have been a product of Fisdale, too, but you know, Miller's had the opportunity here. Let's remember, Miller's, uh, you know, it, this is a, a very important uh, second half of the year for him. You know, he's he's coaching right now. If he wants to be the coach of this team for the future, I don't think he's gonna be. But you know, it's an important time for him. I, I think you got to see what you have out of these young players. You don't get these young players because let's let's be honest, Peyton. I don't think Alfred Peyton and and Taj Gibson are gonna be on this team next year. And why would they be? What kind of role are they gonna serve? Yeah, I think this would have been a perfect spot for these young guys. And like you said, you know Neil Kina doesn't play. You know he's a he's a good defensive player. Let him play. Kevin Knox. I don't know what Kevin Knox is because he doesn't play anymore. People are telling me, oh, Kevin Knox is having a bad year. He's not playing. Yeah, I can't tell if he's he's not playing. I can't tell if he's good or bad because I don't because he doesn't play a lot. So it's like I have friends being like, yeah, Kevin Knox is horrible. I'm like, I can't tell because he's not on the court a lot. I I think, and and the other person, and the other person you could probably blame on all this would be Dennis Smith too because they brought him over in the Porzingis trade, which was a little over a year ago. I got that on my Facebook or my uh, memories. Yeah. <laughs> that was on my dealt. birthday, too. And, you got traded. You know, that, 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 that deal got made is for the potential of having a great summer. Now, that trade has turned out to be an absolute disaster for the team because they didn't get, you know, they didn't get any big-name free agents and they don't have anything else other than that. The other players they got, they either bought out or are no longer on the team besides Dennis Smith. And Dennis Smith, I don't think, has really been that great this year. No, he's been struggling. He's been struggling at times, too. So, Johnny, two more questions for you. Sure. Obviously, the Knicks have, again, I, they're going to be bad for a while, and I think we we know that. Uh, now, the question is, like, how much can they speed that up? But more importantly, you know, 
I want to ask you, who do you think the winner of the trade deadline was this year? I'll just, you know, I'm going to give you a, a team that you're not going to think about, but is a team that the Knicks should have probably followed in terms of selling their players. It may not be a winner for this year, but it might be a winner for their future, and that's Golden State. Because if you think about it now, they have, they're going to have a high draft pick this year, and they're going to get Curry and Thompson back for next year. And, you know, I think the Golden State Warriors, by selling off their players that they had and bringing in draft picks and stuff, and then you get a high draft pick this year and you bring back Curry and Thompson to have a full season next year, I think Golden State could end up being a big winner because they dealt their they dealt players that are probably not going to be with them. You know, trading D'Angelo Russell, who was making so much money. Uh, I think Golden State in long run could be a winner from this deadline, but... An overall winner, I mean, I like what the Clippers did in getting Morris. You know, he can be a very valuable role player on that kind of team. Um, so, there, I look at that, at that. And so, we'll see. I mean, I'll tell you, I, you take away the Knicks. I mean, this is why I'd love to be a basketball fan. But even though I'm a dire Knicks fan, I'd love to be a basketball fan. Basketball gonna be, is going to be fun because you look what you have out in the West. You look at Milwaukee, if they could have a 70-win season this year. Uh, you got some pretty good storylines out of all that. I completely agree with you, and Fonz actually brought this up earlier in the show, that Golden State, they were actually the winners of the trade deadline as well, despite dealing D'Angelo Russell, but the re- the return was just fantastic. Wiggins, who could be a third option, and a bunch of draft picks, because they're going to have a lot of money on Curry, Thompson, Green, and Wiggins, who I think has a big contract, and all these draft picks they can use to fill out their bench. And l- listen to the lineup that could have next year. Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, Draymond Green, and probably maybe Kevon Looney. Looney now, but they can replace it with James Wiseman if they have a top pick in the draft. They can get oh, that center need. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, and let's be honest, you know, LeBron's going to be a year older. You don't know how long that Lakers thing is going to really going to really last if uh, AD's going to stay there. Uh, the Clippers will still be good, but it definitely vaults Golden State back up to the top spot, I think, if you it could be, I mean, they could have one stuff a year just to go back to where they were a couple years prior. I agree, Johnny. Uh, my last question for you here on this is, do you think, I know Pat Riley, He's he's been saying a lot the last couple of days now, do you think the Miami Heat are legit contenders with their moves? I think they are, and I will say I the 76, and I think they are, but I, I still don't see, and, and look, I mean, unless there's a freak injury, I just don't see how the Bucks are going down. I mean, the way Giannis has been, in the, in the, and again, that's a team that has a superstar in Giannis, and they have good players surrounding him as well. I, I think it goes, still go, I still think Milwaukee's the team to beat, but I think Miami's a good contender, and I, the one team I, I can't figure out is are the Sixers. That, yeah. <laughs> that would be my, my one thing. I mean, you're hearing stories now about Simmons and Embiid. Uh, I, I really thought the Sixers were actually going to take a good jump this year, and now I'm, I'm not really sure about that. I agree. I think Embiid is having some games he's having trouble with his effort. Ben Simmons still hasn't developed the jump shot in his third full season of playing. And they brought in a lot of defense guys, which is okay, but there's other areas they didn't address. And they also got rid of 
a good chunk of their depth from last year. I think Brett Brown has a lot of issues, and I think he is part of the problem right now for Philly. Yeah, that's definitely. And the East is better too. It's better than it was, but um. yeah, that, yeah. that's why, you know, just going back to Knicks for a second, that's why this rebuild is actually a good time to happen because if you would have brought in, you know, big stars of this team and they, they would have been, you know, they would have probably been uh, stuck with them for a while and they would not have been able to rebuild. So this is actually the time to do it, although, again, it should have happened years and years ago. But, you know, the East definitely is deeper, but I still I still think it's going to be walking. And I think the West is still a little bit more wide open than uh, between the Lakers and the Clippers and out, out there, too. I Please, agree. You guys, one quick question. I don't know if you brought this up yet before I go. Sure. Uh, what did you think about the, uh, the, you know, getting rid of uh, Mills and two days later they name uh, their their new uh, president two days later? What do you think about Leon, that? I mean, that's not, yeah. They haven't, yeah, they haven't. Now, they haven't officially uh, named him that. I mean, it's been out there, but the next uh, PR, uh, Dolan did come out with a statement saying that uh, they're still looking for somebody, but... You know, a player agent almost very similar to what Brody is. Brody Van Wagen is with the uh, the Mets. When I heard the news had come down about it yesterday, I, I honestly didn't really have much reaction to it because I'm like, can it be really be any worse than what they've been going through? I mean, why why not bring him in? I, I was kind of surprised it happened that quick, but I'm like, you know, at this point, what else do the Knicks have to lose at this point? I agree. I was this, I honestly had the same reaction. I was like. All right, let's see. Let's try something different with the former agent. I mean, the Lakers did it with uh, Palenka, and I'm, I forgot the other, other NBA team that did that too. But yeah, I was just Golden State. Yeah, I was, but I was like the same way. I was like, all right, we'll we'll try it out. We'll see what happens this time around. So yeah, I, really, it's just one of those things. Where it's like it's just misery throughout these past couple of years now, and it's like just try something new at this point. Johnny, uh, to piggyback off of what Fonz just said. I know he has a reputation with working with some superstars that are currently in the NBA, yes. and he is responsible for them. Uh, my thing is, you're right. Can it really get any worse? And I don't really think it can. I think the Knicks are headed back in the right direction in a sense, but something tells me uh, something will plummet them back down at some point when they're starting to head back that way because it just seems like that's always what's bound to happen. And I don't know. It's just the way they develop their players. It's not good. You could have as many draft picks as you want. If you can't develop them the right way, more often than not, you're going to have more bad players than good ones, in my opinion. So, hey, I, Tom, I totally agree. I, I think that's one thing you're going to really take out of this season is the fact that you didn't, you know, Barrett is still a work in progress. And I think not getting more time out of Knox and Neil Aquina. I think we're really going to be the best supporting parts of the season. I mean, look, I, I, the over-under, I think, this year was set at 28 and a half, and I know a lot of people were picking the over. I was not ready to do that, but I also didn't think at the same time it was going to be because the young players were not going to play this year. That, that's really been the big disappointment. And as far as it is, it can't get any lower than this because there is nothing lower than when you have several big-name free agents and not one of them wants to go to the Knicks. The, the history back in the day of everybody wanting to play for the Garden, you know, the, those days are over with. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, not having a starting here to begin with. And number two, I mean, there could be several reasons, but the other, the second big reason, and Fonz will tell you this because he was at the game, when you have fans uh, sell, telling your owner to sell the team, and when Dolan, who, you know, can't be a grown-up and, and is so thin-skinned and is throwing people out, he's throwing, you know, 
former Nick legends like Charles Oakley out and banning them and stuff like that. And you see those videos that get out on social media of him coming up to fans and talking about selling the team and, and arresting them and stuff like that. Why do you, you don't think anybody wants to come play play in that environment? I don't blame them. And that's and that's uh, that's that's really sad and you know. Yeah. It's just, you, you, you run out of superlatives or words or anything to say, but it doesn't get any lower than that. And you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. And I have a gut feeling that the Knicks are going to be putting all their, for the third time, going to be putting all their eggs in the basket when Giannis becomes a free agent and thinking they're going to go after him like they thought they were going to be able to go after everybody. Don't, don't get my hopes up. Do or not the, or LeBron several years ago. Do not get my hopes up with that, please. <laughs> Johnny, thank you. Fonz, be realistic. I mean, do, do you really? I mean, no, no shot. We, we've been through this before. I mean, do, no. we have, do we have to, you know, wait two years and then, you know, pray again and, you know, have high hopes that Giannis is going to come here? I'm realistic. I, yeah, he's, I don't think he's going to come here. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm wrong about a lot of things in life. I hope I'm wrong about that, but I don't see Giannis going to the next. <laughs> I still like the idea. You know, they don't take $40 million a year to go to a team. They go to a team that has a star before they take the $40 million a year. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's, the it's, not any, it's not like any other sport where they go for the money. They go where the stars are. Johnny, thank you so much for uh, unleashing that on us. Uh, <laughs> oh, of course. Always a pleasure, guys. We'll, uh, we'll talk more about that later on uh, when we get closer to the playoffs for sure. We'd like to have you back on to talk about that. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'll come back for that. I'll come back for March Madness. You know, and I'll definitely come back before baseball season starts, too, because I, because I have a lot to share about that. But I'll let you guys go, and we'll definitely talk again real soon. Okay? Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. All right. Yeah, no problem. Take care. Okay. That was Johnny Montalbano from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Legend himself. <laughs> Johnny Montalbano started Review and Preview on September 14th, 2011. Yeah. With two other guys. The show has now been running strong for the last eight and a half years almost. The man himself had started it up. Keep this going. Let's get back to the trade talks, though, Fonz. Uh, Andre Iguodala. Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill all traded from the Memphis Grizzlies to the Miami Heat. Yes. In return, the Grizzlies receive Justice Winslow, James Johnson, and Dion Waiters. Yeah. Of course, there's more to the trade as the Timberwolves swapped Gorgie Jang in exchange for James Johnson. As yeah. Johnson goes to Minnesota, Jang goes to Memphis. All right. Miami, I th- truly think, as good as that move was for Golden State— I think Miami is the winners this year for the trade deadline. The reason why I'm saying Miami over Golden State, look, I don't disagree. Golden State will probably be number one or number two in the West next year. However, Mm -hmm. this season, this elevates Miami to a potential two seed to go head-to-head against Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. Definitely. This move puts them where they need to be this year, and they have an 11-man deep rotation featuring, let's go through their starters, Kendrick Nunn. Yeah. Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. Duncan Robinson, mm-hmm. Bam Adebayo, yes. Derek Jones, yes. Goran Dragic, yeah. Andre Iguodala, yeah. Tyler Hero, yeah. Myers Leonard, Kelly Olenek. Did I, yeah, Kelly Olenek. Yeah. Did I say Derek Jones Jr.? You already said him in the starting lineup. He starts too. It's insane. Yeah, they, I definitely that helped him a lot. Uh, I also give credit to the Grizzlies because Iguodala wasn't going to be in that team at all. They kind of just traded him away for Justice Winslow, who struggled with the Heat. And now gets a fresh start with them and can go with John Morant, Dylan oh. Brooks, and Jaron Jackson. So, I mean, oh, it's man. good for the Grizzlies just to, to really – they kind of just got a player for nothing at this point. Yeah. Because Iguodala really wasn't going to be in the team's plans to begin with. So, But I definitely agree. 
That builds Miami up definitely to the two seed. Definitely can give Milwaukee a run for their money in the Eastern Conference Finals. Milwaukee will be in the finals this year. Oh yeah, I no doubt. Think but I think so. I think out of all the teams in the East, Miami could give them the most problems. Despite all these trades, don't sleep on the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Drummond went to the Cavs from the Pistons in exchange for John Henson, Brandon Knight, 2023 second round pick. How? Oh, go ahead. Look, I was going to say I want to give my thoughts on the Drummond thing because how crazy is it that he went from? I mean, he's still what 18 points, 16 rebounds. This guy went from the game has changed so much. If this was five years ago, Drummond would have been in a bigger deal for more players. And now he got traded for nothing, especially for being in the Pistons that long. It's just the game's different. Nobody needs the defensive double-double machine anymore. So it's kind of crazy, and it was kind of weird for what the Cavaliers did because they were rebuilding. What's he and Kevin Love going to do? So, And plus he has a player option. So he's going to probably most likely opt out too. But it's just crazy. That, that's just what I want to say about the drumming thing, how times have changed now. It's, it's, it's tough because... I don't know. Iguodala didn't want to be there, so you know what? I just I have trouble supporting a player who doesn't want to play. Okay, yeah, yeah. be like that. Nah, it's just my opinion. But, what do you think of the Drummond thing? Uh, and then the, the whole the whole Drummond thing with him going into a worse situation than he previously was. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's young talent there, yeah, but I guess they really like Love, Drummond, uh, Sexton, and Garland as their core four. The problem is they don't have enough enough depth. And the East is much improved. They're much mm-hmm. better. The same eight teams from the playoffs last year will most likely be in the playoffs again this year. Um, other moves. The Knicks get Mo Harkless in a 2020 first-round pick in exchange for, uh, well, they send Marcus Morris to the Clippers. The third team involved was the Washington Wiver, uh, Washington Wizards, who uh, received Jerome Robinson in exchange for Isaiah Thomas, who went to the Clippers, who will be waived. Mm-hmm. I think he's officially been a wave now, yeah. too. The Sixers made a trade as well, a, th- a four-team trade. The Sixers got Alec Burks. From... It, wasn't a, it wasn't a four-team deal, I think, because the thing got a little bit messed up okay. here. Just, yeah. They got Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the third from the Warriors. The Warriors, in exchange, get three second-round picks for the next three years, and... The Hawks get Dwayne Dedman from the Kings in addition to a 2020 and 2021 second-round pick. The Kings get Jabari Parker and Alex Len from the Hawks. Mm-hmm. We move down the line. Magic get James Ennis from Philadelphia. Philadelphia gets a future second-round pick. Bad trade. Yeah. Bad. That's not good. You're already towards the bottom of the playoff standings in the East. You yeah. just lost one of your best bench players. He's a solid bench player for them. I don't, yeah. I don't understand that move at all. Maybe the, are the Magic trying to buy? I don't know. Yeah, are, are the Sixers waiting for the free agent market? Because now you're going to get to the point where the veterans are going to get bought out. Right. And they're going to go course. for the free agent market. That might be what they're trying to do, but uh, we'll see what happens with the that. The Trailblazers get rid of Scal, BCA. The Hawks get him in cash in exchange for a future second-round pick. Yeah, so insane trade deadline. And then the standings. Course one through eight in the West: Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Rockets, Mavs, Thunder, Grizzlies. Still holding on to the eight, seven and eight. Thunder and Grizzlies with teams like the Trailblazers, with teams like the Spurs, Pelicans. Not mm-hmm. too far behind. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun race towards the bottom for the playoff spot. Then in the East, you have the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, Sixers, all the way down at six with the Nets, followed by the Magic, mm-hmm. the nine seed Bulls, at least three to four games away from Orlando. Um, Look, this is this is definitely tough. Um, 
can't really predict anything right now. You have to wait at least till after the All Star break. I would to really definitely think watch so. These trade deadline things um, kick in. Mm-hmm. So we have ten minutes left. Let's talk about NBA All Star Weekend. It starts a week from tonight, Valentine's Day, February fourteenth, seven p.m. on ESPN. The All Star Celebrity All Star Game. It's always fun to see those. <laughs> presented by Ruffles. Mm-hmm. Michael Wilbon's team will go up against first take Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> you know Stephen A. is going to have a, a fun day on the, as a coach now. It's going to be fun to watch. Notable names on Stephen A.'s team, by the way. Guy Fieri is the assistant. Love it. Ronnie 2K. Spice Adams. Remember him. <laughs> yes. Anthony, uh, Former Ant- NFL player. Yeah. Mark Lassery, Bucks co-owner. Darius Miles. Quavo. Mm-hmm. Chance the Rapper. And Aja Wilson. Michael Wilbon's team. Bad Bunny, mm-hmm. Hannibal Burris, Common, Chelsea Gray, G. Denna, Alex Moffat, Quentin Richardson. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, and those are just a few of the names. Yeah. Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles, former teammates with the Clippers back in the day. Oh, man. I was going with Stephen A. until I saw Quentin Richardson. Right? Like, I, like I, had, I was because Quentin Richardson, man, I grew up watching him on the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> All-Star Weekend will be in Chicago mm-hmm. this year. We move forward to the Rising Stars Challenge. Starts two hours later, 9 p.m. on TNT. Team USA <laughs> whoops, <laughs> against Team World. Miles mm-hmm. Bridges representing the Charlotte Hornets on Team USA, followed by Wendell Carter Jr. from the Bulls. Devontae Graham also from the Hornets. Tyler Hero from the Heat. Jaron Jackson Jr. from Memphis. John Morant from Memphis. Kendrick Nunn from the Heat. Eric Pascal from Golden State. P.J. Washington from Charlotte, so three Hornets yeah. in this game. Zion Williamson, who replaces Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah, from the Pelicans. Wendell just announced that he won't participate. I'm, I'm glad injury. Zion's in it, though. Yeah, right, exactly. He, he wasn't going to be in it because he didn't play a lot, but, you know, Wendell's injured, and now they're going to put in Zion. That's going to be fun to watch. And Trey Young. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that USA team is going to be really good. World roster. Nikhil Alexander-Walker from the Pelicans. DeAndre Ayton from the Suns. R.J. Barrett from the Knicks. Woo. Rowan Alexander Barrett Jr. Brandon Clark from Memphis. Luka Doncic from Dallas. Shai Gilgis Alexander from the Thunder. Roy Hachimuri from the Wizards. Svi Mikhailuk from the Pistons. Love saying that name. Josh Okoji from the Timberwolves. And Mo Wagner from the Wizards. Team World by 30. Yeah, you know, I thought team and then I forgot who. I forgot they had Doncic and uh, Shai Alexander, who I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, the world team's going to probably dominate. I just said the USA, but, world man, that world roster team. is going to be. Team world. That's going to be fun to watch, team though. Team world. That's going to be fun to watch. We move on to Saturday, mm-hmm. February 15th, 8 p.m. on TNT. The Taco Bell Skills Challenge. With the we'll, big men and the guards, too. We'll be featuring Bam Adebayo, Patrick Beverly, Spencer Dinwiddie, Chris Middleton, Shai Gilgis-Alexander, who replaces Derrick Rose. That's a bummer. DeMontis Sabonis. Pascal Siakam. Jason Tatum. I'm a little biased. I'm going Chris Middleton. I'm just a huge fan of him. I'm going to go Shai Alexander. I'm just a huge fan of him. I definitely think he. If I definitely think he's going to win this one. You got Shai. I got Middleton. So I'll write that down quick. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, it, it, they did a, it's a cool format they do now. It's kind of the bigs versus the guards in the bracket, and then the finals, yeah. the guard versus the big man, which is always fun to watch, too. Has the bracket been revealed yet? Uh, not yet. It's going to be, I think it usually gets revealed, like, I think a couple days beforehand. Right. That makes sense. Mountain Dew three-point contest. Davis Bertans from the Wizards. Devontae Graham from Charlotte. Joe Harris from Brooklyn, defending champion from mm-hmm. 2019. Buddy Heald from Sacramento. Zach Levine from Chicago. Damian Lillard from Portland. Duncan Robinson from Miami. Trey Young from Atlanta. Um, personally, I think Joe Harris is going to repeat as the champion. Why? Uh, I picked Buddy Heald last year, and that was a mistake. Damian Lillard shooting regular distance threes in <laughs> timed circumstances will be more challenging than shooting 50 feet threes hey, logo Lillard. out in the Bay Area. Yeah. So... Joe Harris knows this competition. He's familiar with it. I'm going with him. I'm sticking with Damian Lillard. I mean, he's been on a hot streak, and he can shoot the three. I'm just a huge fan of him. So, uh, again, more bias here. But, yeah, I'm going Lillard for the winning the three-point contest. Do not count out Zach Levine in his hometown. Yeah. Just saying. Mm-hmm. United Center. Duncan Robinson, too. That is correct. Yeah. He's a good shooter, shooter as well. AT&T slam You're, you were, dunk You were so contest. happy for the first person we announced on here. You were so hyped for it, and you're representing him, wearing him right now with the Pat Connaughton jersey. Yes, that is correct, Fonz. Patrick Bergen Connaughton. Love it. Will be in the slam dunk contest. Uh, somebody denied their invite. I'm probably Ja or whoever. And it, was ja, it was Ja Morant and then uh, Zach Levine. So the, it was Ja Morant first. And then Zach Levine. Your 2020 winner of the AT&T Slam Dunk Contest, Pat Connaughton. Hey, don't laugh. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. Uh, I'm just saying. Don't laugh, folks. It might happen. Very well could happen. Look at that. Flexing the, the Connaughton jersey. You're doing pretty good in the rally, Cap. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, it's comfortable. That's Only a few more minutes. Oh, yeah. Patrick Connaughton's competitors, mm-hmm. Aaron Gordon, Dwight Howard, Derek Jones Jr. Are Weird. they all former winners? Uh, Dwight Howard, former winner. Derek Jones Jr. was in it before. All of them have been in it except Pat. Aaron Gordon, I think, should have won it. I think Jones won it. Did uh, Jones recent- win? No. Donovan Mitchell won it last against, year. Against Derek Jones, I believe, was the final. I believe so. Uh, well, no. He won it two years ago. My bad. Hamidou Diallo won it that's, last that, year. That's right. With Aaron the, Gordon never won it, actually. He was ba- he was final. Uh, with final. Zach Levine. Yeah. Derek uh, Jones Jr. has been in it before. So Dwight won it, and that's it. He's the only former winner. Yeah, but all of them have participated except Pat. Pat, for a guy his size, 6'4", 6'5", on a good day, Mm -hmm. uh, don't let him fool you. He's got some moves. Um, You know, obviously there's some stereotypes out there that guys like him can't dunk. Yeah. But he's a minority that could disprove that. No, definitely. I definitely think he'll put on a show. I just think I my my bets on Derek Jones Jr. from the Heat. I think he has a very good shot to win it too. You'll go him. I'm going to go Pat just for fun mm-hmm. so that you guys can laugh at me. <laughs> it's great to see now. Dwight Howard though in it again. Yeah, you know, he, no, I'm he, excited. He's had Kobe a nice was... rebound joining uh no pun intended, but a nice rebound with the Lakers since uh having a past couple of years where he bounced from the Hornets, the Wizards, the the Hawks. Yeah, he was he, on a lot of teams' funds. Yeah, so it's, it's good shame. to see him back now with the Lakers. Now he's accepting his role now as a role player with the, the Lakers. He's been very good for them. So 
Really, I, I'm excited to see what he can do now back in the dunk contest. So, I got Connaughton, but I, I you're right. Honestly, something's telling me that either Jones or Gordon's going to win, mm-hmm. and then Howard's going to put on a show as well. Connaughton, clearly the, the underdog. He could even, he, listen, they all can, I've seen Connaughton dunk, he can do it, so. Sunday, we fast forward to the 69th NBA All-Star Game. Before we do that, uh, we want to just remind you all that we are going until 10.05 tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did have a technical glitch early on within the system. Yeah. Here at LIU Studios, I'm Tom Scavetta, Fonz DeFalco, talking some NBA All-Star Weekend news. And then we'll get to our announcements regarding next week and the future of the show. So, the NBA All-Star Draft was last night, the 69th NBA All-Star Game. Now we know the starters that were selected from the Western Conference, Luka Doncic, James Harden, LeBron James, AD, and Kawhi Leonard. Mm -hmm. The reserves, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Nikola Jokic, Chris Paul, and Brandon Ingram. My opinion, it should have been Booker over Ingram, but... That's for one to leave up to debate. Yeah, or maybe you can maybe make your argument for uh, Chris Paul, like to not be in it, yeah. or maybe like legs of Devin Booker, because Ingram has had a great year. Also, um, I think the East kind of was pretty much uh, nailing it perfectly from top to bottom. The West, you can maybe say like uh, maybe like Chris Paul gets taken out for uh, Devin Booker or something, or maybe even Bradley Beal can be replaced for Sabonis on the in the Eastern right. side or something. There was an argument last week that I want to disprove here right now. Scarpacci brought up last week that Booker shouldn't be in the All Star game because you know he's on Phoenix and he gets as many points as he does because he is on Phoenix. But well, that could be year, the same thing with Brandon Ingram too. You could right, say the same that's, thing. That's what I'm. Yeah. And then also last year, the Lakers didn't make the playoffs. LeBron was still in the All Star. He was a starter. He's LeBron. Yeah. Right? Booker is. Booker. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's got I think Booker definitely is going to make an all-star appearance Cat down might have gotten snubbed, too, but, hey, play better. That West it's that West is West. stacked from top to – if they did it, they do a draft where, like, East is not even East versus West. If they just did the top 24 players overall, yeah. majority of them would be in the West. I agree. You wouldn't see guys like Sabonis and, you know, maybe even Kyle Lowry or Middleton making that because of the West side or something, just to throw, just, just saying with it's that. It's not too. often a team has two NBA All-Stars, especially in the starting lineup. The yeah. Lakers have two in the starting mm-hmm. lineup, two MVP candidates in their yeah. starting. Exactly. Two MVP candidates on their team. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, so the East, the starters were Trey Young, Kyrie Irving, the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam, and Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. The reserves, Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, who's having a lights-out type of year, DeMontis Sabonis, Kyle Lowry, and Bam Adebayo. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the draft that happened last night. <laughs> LeBron drafted his starters. He'll be playing with Luka he, Doncic, he James dra- Harden. Yeah. Kawhi he drafted Leonard, his teammate, Anthony Davis, first overall pick. Anthony Davis. All five of the West starters LeBron got. Mm-hmm. And the East, Giannis, of course, with Embiid, Siakam, Kemba Walker, Trey Young. Surprise Harden lasted that all the way to the end, too. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, know. I think he was there. It was, the, it was LeBron's last pick. It was between uh, <laughs> Harden or Trey Young. Yeah, before they went on to the reserves. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Why Giannis? Ugh, I, I'm confused with his draft. Never I don't know why he picked Embiid first. I would have picked C. I mean, obviously the first pick would have been Anthony or Kawhi or even Luca. But I mean, yeah. if you had that chance, you would have even had Siakam 
over Embiid. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, maybe even Kemba. That's just my opinion. If you did the West, I mean, I would have done a little bit of a different strategy if I was Giannis. Yeah. Uh, he made up for his back. He made up for his reserves, though. I'll say that. Let's talk about his reserves. He got his teammate Chris Middleton, Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Brandon Ingram, and Donovan Mitchell. Makes sense. He drafted his teammate with the first pick in the reserve round, too. That makes sense. Um, and then LeBron's reserves, Damian Lillard, who you could argue would be a starter easily in the East. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Ben for- Simmons, Nikola Jokic, Jason Tatum, CP3, Russell Westbrook, DeMontis Sabonis. Give me Team LeBron. I'm saying LeBron because of the because of the likes of Damian Lillard, and I do like Nikola Jokic, too. It's basically East versus West outside of uh, Lillard, Tatum, no, no, Simmons, Tatum, and Sabonis. Swapping out for uh, Gobert, Ingram, and Donovan Mitchell too. This is just yeah. three guys, which is very, which is really crazy to see. That's true. It's going to be a fun All Star game. Yeah, it's all NBA All Star weekend's always fun to watch. And then lastly, brief two minute recap of college basketball. Baylor about to be ranked number one for the fourth straight week. Now they've been fantastic. This very good with their coach Scott Drew and what they've been able to do. Definitely. Nope. Wow, was not trying to rhyme there, but I did. Um, <laughs> and then UNC. Okay, it's crazy. This is the least talented team Roy Williams has had in a while. With Cole the Anthony's exception not of Cole Anthony. Well, Cole Anthony hasn't even been around a lot, too. Right, and I honestly, I'm starting to think that kid. If he was smart, he would stay another year because he's been hurt majority of the year. Dep- you know what? We have to wait and see how UNC does in the ACC tournament because if they make a good performance, they have to win that tournament in order to make. March Madness this year, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But they very well can. That's what's scary. There's something about them that teams will be scared about. But they have not missed the NCAA tournament since 2003. Which is crazy to think about, too. Yeah. They've missed the NCAA tournament twice since 1974. It's insane. It is insane, and we'll see what happens with that. You know, there's a, there's a couple... Uh, big games on tomorrow. Of course, the ACC right now, only four teams currently in the field. Let's go over some of these games. You have Miami at Florida State, Kansas at TCU, number 18 LSU at number 11 Auburn, number 16 Michigan State at Michigan, number 15 Kentucky at Tennessee, Mm -hmm. St. Louis at number 6 Dayton, James's favorite university, number 13 West Virginia at Oklahoma. (laughs) Uh, You you know what? For James's punishment... (laughs) Imagine we make him drive to West Virginia just to drive back. Oh man, I wish I had a West. Vir- I, I wish I had a West Virginia I know. shirt or I feel something. Like buying something. Yeah, right. I think we should. Uh, we should probably say it out out loud because James could potentially hear us too. Uh, he's so. probably watching, or he might be standing outside as we walk out. That's true too. So <laughs> Virginia at number five, Louisville, Oklahoma State at number one, Baylor, number seven, Duke at UNC, St. John's at number twenty-one, Creighton. So those are just some of the big games. Yep. Fonz, any final thoughts before we log off tonight? Uh, you know what? I mean, we had a little bit of a little bit of a glitches here and there, but I still think it's always a great show. Uh, great talking sports with you, Tom, back and forth. Had a great show today, recapping the end of football. Sad football's somewhat over. We got the XFL All Star Weekend. Right. Love talking about that. The trade deadline. That's my my wheelhouse. There talking about NBA deals, wheeling and dealing. And we got baseball coming up. It's going to be it's a good time, and we got a big announcement to to say, too, at the end, too. Well, first, before we get to that, we will not be live next week. We are not having a show, so we are taking a week off from Review and Preview. We will be back on Facebook Live February 21st, two weeks from tonight. 
And also, we are launching our Facebook page. So February 21st will be our first show where we will be live on our Facebook page and we will share a Facebook Live video off of that Facebook page. So now you have a direct link where yeah. you could just like the page and you're able to access all of our content on there. Yeah. We'll have social media posts, updates, constant for you. We're going to be there and we look forward to having you on. And we'll still be here at LIU Studios Fridays 8 to 10. That's not changing. And funds. I'm, I'm excited. Oh, it's a new era. I keep saying it. I'm just excited. Uh, I keep saying thank you for letting me join on here. I mean, me, you, Kyle, James, we have great sports discussions, and I'm excited for the first live show. Core and four. many more. The Core Four and the many other live shows we'll be having here on the Facebook page. It's a lot easier to get contact with people, and fans, fans will love it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, also, I will not be back on the show until baseball season starts. Yes, so yes. on that week, you and Russo will be doing the co-hosting oh, duties Jesus. on 21st. Oh, God. <laughs> so on that note, tonight's production assistants were Fonz DeFalco, James Montefusco, and Kyle Russo. Our producer is also James Montefusco. On behalf of my engineer tonight, lovely job by Fonz DeFalco. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, wishing you all a good evening. You've been listening to Review and Preview here on Facebook Live. Good night, everyone.